Hello, and welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about Infinity Train. My name is Patch, and I'm joined by the most chronic criminal on the podcast car. It's Vivian. How are you today, Vivian? I still keep bringing that into question, given uh, how many people Kez has managed to piss off on the entirety of the train. Again, Kez isn't in the podcast car. But she she possibly has been in the podcast car, and there might be a wanted sign for her. (laughs) If you include the train as a whole, then she definitely is at this point, right? It's hard to say. Like... It's either her or the Apex, but who knows, really? Well, I don't think the Apex wouldn't be on the train. I guess in this point... Well, okay, yes. In, at this point, yeah, they're like 30 years away, but... Yeah, yeah. The Apex kids, like, maybe their parents are teenagers, or at least in terms of great and time parents. <laughs> like, most of those uh, little kids on there, it's like their parents are, like, maybe just being born at this point. <laughs> They yeah, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. Every, okay. everybody, everybody wants to murder Kez is the thing. <laughs> <sighs> well, you know, sometimes you just gotta. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you just gotta try to murder somebody. <laughs> Parody <Yeah>. in Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Uh, you know, sometimes you just gotta try to murder somebody. Not parody, not in Minecraft. Not that I would say who or why, but yeah, it's been a great week. Yeah, at least, uh, I mean, I mean, nothing's really happened yet, but one would hope before the election something might happen that would actually change things. My man now has 78 counts that he has mm-hmm. to, that are being mm-hmm. prosecuted against him. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, the realist in me doesn't think that they're actually going to manage to get that stuff done before the election, or they're going to intentionally try to delay it, because it's like, well, it's going to interfere with the election process. Well, that is how he does things, is to yeah. just push it off and push it off and push it off forever. Mm-hmm. Yep, and everybody just keeps letting him have what he wants there, and then it's like, well, is it any surprise that nothing's ever stuck with him, because they just keep pushing it off. Definitely. Forever. Well, that is kind of how the legal system works. I mean, true. But also, fuck it, it should be better. Yeah, I agree. Like, if you're dealing with something of this severity on the grounds of trying to destroy democracy, you probably should manage to make that go ahead of the frickin' election at the minimum, preferably even before they decide to pick him as the frickin' frontrunner for being the presidential candidate. <laughs> you know? Because it's like, that's kind of a major fucking deal. It's kind of a huge problem when you're a frontrunner for one of the two options for presidents. It's a guy who tried to literally get his VP fucking hanged. <laughs> well, because he wouldn't deal with treason. <laughs> uh, this country is so fucked. Which one isn't? I mean, yeah, true. There's a few out there that seem like they're alright. Uh, definitely none over in this hemisphere, though. <laughs> At least very few. Cuba seems like it's doing alright, even though uh, we keep on trying to lie about how Cuba is even apparently worse in America when it ain't. 
Well, sure, if they were doing any kind of good, then that would mean that all that time we spent uh, embargoing them was for nothing. Yeah, spoilers, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kiva sounds pretty alright at this point, compared to here. <sighs> yeah. So he's just a fun reminder of like, oh yeah, in like two and a half years, I might have to fucking flee the country for my safety. Hooray! Yay. And I live, and I live in one of the more progressive and protective states too. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mm -hmm. mean, I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a problem. Uh, I'm so surprised when you said that you like met a uh, non-binary person at like a store the other day, who just, like, did the whole Joey Wheeler, you who's not by me, that cool uh, voice to you, mm -hmm. and it's like, you live in fucking Texas. Yeah. That's, uh, that's very brave for them to do. Listen, it's... I mean, we've been over this before, but, like, in the day-to-day, -day, in regular, everyday life, it's fine. Like, there's no... Yeah. <laughs> I am not constantly under threat. I don't have to... I am extremely obviously queer. Like, I'm not yeah, hating it, or anything. It's just... The, the... It's, it's just it's just one of those things where it's like, you can never just be fully sure if it's going to stay that way, though. Yeah, well... <laughs> Especially with the way like people like DeSantis and uh, Abbott want the world to be. Well, yeah, but... I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is that you kind of make Texas sound like some sort of unsafe hellscape, and strictly speaking, that's really not true. I, like, okay, yes, Texas is unsafe in general, but it's not more specifically unsafe for queer people. <laughs> I guess. I mean, well, compared to where I am, because, I mean, I live in Connecticut, Connecticut is just terrifyingly safer for queer people than the South in general. Like, again, it's not really a thing. There's not people, there's not roving gangs hunting down queer people I here. Mean, no, I know there aren't. It's just that you're also having more of your rights taken away than the end. Like, Connecticut has, like, laws about not handing over trans people to different states. Texas doesn't have that, is what I'm trying to get yeah. at, I guess. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, like if you were to like flee, like if you had to leave Texas and you came here or something, it's like, well, they can't. They're not gonna just hand you over to Greg Abbott because he demands it. Because it's like, no, fuck you. I don't know that Greg Abbott would demand that, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think he wants us out of the state. I think that's his whole point. This person's been making a podcast about queer media for most of the time in Canada, but a few months here, I need to get rid of them. <laughs> They're bringing in the gays from outside. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> short answer still, America, fucking nightmare. It's terrible here. <laughs> for a multitude of reasons. Indeed. Many things are. Yeah. yeah, it turns out when there's a bunch of states who are also trying to take away people's ability to have water breaks and be out of the sun when it's, like, over 100 degrees a lot of days in a lot of states for months on end, misery. No, yes, that one is certainly a Texas original. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but there's also other states besides just Texas. 
Oh, I am also in the South Korean Wii. Unfortunately, <laughs> I haven't had anything as nearly as bad as here, and it's like I don't want to say like my apartment is fine. It's just that it's like it's at least still temperature controlled, so it's not like it's not like I'm dying of the heat or anything in here with just my power fan. But it's like mm-hmm. at least only you've been in like the like high 70s to low 80s this week here too. So it's like it's not been as bad as it could be, but it could get worse, and most likely will, because again, we don't care about climate change. Ah. Yay! <laughs> but hey, okay. I have my earrings out, finally! <laughs> hey, that's something. Yay. Yeah, I, I did it a few days early, then the six weeks, just because it's like, again, like, it was like 2 a.m., technically... Wednesday, when I was like, I need to do this sleep properly, because I haven't really slept well in the last few weeks, basically, because of them, since I'm a side sleeper, and my pillow is basically just designed for, like, it's like, it's not like it's, like, hard as a rock kind of pillow, but it is definitely, like, firmer than, like, you know, I've never liked any of those, like, memory foam kind of pillows, I need to have firmness to support my head, and so I would always feel my earrings if I was on my side a little bit, and, like, at a certain point, I was just like, I, I just, it's two days out from here. They originally only told me three weeks because the person go that doesn't really know shit. <laughs> it's just two days really going to make all that difference. And it's like, I've still been putting them in during the day, which that was also just like a little bit with me, me having to call my mom on the phone just while she's driving, being like, how did you get earrings back in? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it was already intimidating enough trying to like grab them while looking at myself in the mirror to be like, okay, how do I get them safely, like, wiggled out from the backing to be able to pull it out, because it's, like, it's a smaller hole than I was expecting. It looks like it's just, like, I scrape my ear on something because it just looks like a little bump, which I never bothered to, like, look at people's ears close up that I know have earrings to know what it looks <laughs> like. Like, obviously, I wasn't expecting a gaping fucking hole or anything, but it's, mm-hmm. like, it was still, like, being, like, it doesn't look like there's a hole here, because, like, again, like, it was, like, 12 hours between when I took them out and when I was putting them back in, and it's, like, Need to look and be like, they can have sealed up that bad, but also it doesn't look like, look like there's much of a hole. <laughs> but like, I, I, messed, I messed around with it a little bit, maybe looked it up on Google, and people were like, yeah, try like wiggling it a little bit. If you need to, you can get like stuff like, I think petroleum jelly was the big thing people recommended to help like ease it in. And I was able to get there. And, you know, I've been doing that up and on for the last couple of days too. Because it's like, again, I needed to be able to get some proper sleep because I have to go to the fucking court appearance tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I still don't know how that's gonna go. It's like the only evidence I have really is just here's the electric bill from those two days that I was paying it for the unit next to me because he told me that was my unit before the lady moved in and took it over. And then also here's like hotel uh, receipts showing that my mom and I stayed at that hotel while I was technically homeless. Because, like, mm-hmm. again, this lady hadn't told me anything for, like, six months, basically, between when I moved out and two weeks ago, being like, hey, court appearance now, I can, you can have her come willing you, I can give you a subpoena to show up, because I need you to provide testimony. And it's like, <laughs> I, I thought that this got thrown out, or you gave up, so I didn't keep any of this shit from, like, the correspondence with this shitty landlord guy. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. Like, I think it's probably just like me assisting her case. It's like, I don't think they would really, if they side with us, I don't think they're going to award me any money, even though I got fucked over just because I don't have much evidence to provide. Mm. And also, I'm not, I'm not obviously the one that actually, like, you know, press charges. 
I would hope that they would. Jason would be like, here you go. <laughs> but who knows? I'm not expecting anything. I'll be pleasantly surprised if they do anything in our favor. Yeah, that's so annoying. Yep. Yeah, it turns out landlords fucking suck too. <laughs> Shocking development, yeah. everybody. Landlords are the pits. <laughs> <laughs> Who could have guessed? <sighs> no, not, not me. Definitely not. <laughs> definitely not like you definitely heard a lot about uh, landlords being the worst during the pandemic when they were trying to evict people because they literally could not actually afford their rent. And it's like, meanwhile, it's like, landlords don't do shit. They sit on their asses, never actually fix anything, and then just keep making money off of you. <sighs> I'd like to speak to you both in the mode of, like, the gender, the performance, and I'm doing improv comedy. You've heard it's doing a goofy pose, or for, like, doing, like, a flexy arm thing. And just being like, yeah. Well, that's the four thumbs image. Oh, right, right. I forgot that it was the four thumbs, right? Yeah, I was like, uh-huh. Because, like, it, I think it's just, like, it's, like, not necessarily, like, blurry, but it's, like, blurry enough I couldn't tell that it's the four thumbs. forget that you did that. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Thumbs are what set us apart o- from I think others. we skipped over. I think we did not bring up her summoning up two extra thumbs in her, like, to do a silly pose when we were doing the, the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It feels like I'm that gets lost over, because otherwise we will be here for like six hours. <laughs> How about thumbs, though? <laughs> yeah, you but need them. They make you more powerful. But, but you you don't need you don't need four thumbs. You just need two. There'd yeah, be but nothing if two that is you powerful. Then four is more powerful. But there's nothing you could really accomplish with an extra set of thumbs. I feel like I guess I unless they're like playing a. Controller, I guess. If you have a controller, I guess you can have one thumb on the buttons and one on the D-pad and the uh, the right stick all the time. Just unbelievable manual dexterity. Come on. Yeah. You Anything know, it's like, is it possible does... when you have four thumbs. I mean, that's the that's the easy route. The real people here know how to do the fucking claw grip to play Dark Souls, so they can sprint and jump at the same time while uh, being able to move the camera around. <laughs> That's that's true gaming. The mother's cheating. <laughs> but what if six thumbs? <laughs> no. That's that's no. I don't I, I don't, don't I don't I don't much like care for the four thumbs, so I'm at least willing to accept it. I draw a line at six. It's like nope, too many. Go back. <laughs> Toss this one back into the character creator, they they came out wrong. <laughs> But so much dexterity, so many things possible. Just because you have six thumbs doesn't mean you get to break the dex cap. That's <laughs> like, how oh, it works. Ah, yes. Uh, for an extra, for each additional thumb, you gain plus one over the cap. And it's like, well, if you get four, six thumbs, then you can have a dex cap of twenty-four. <laughs> this <laughs> this makes all the logical sense in the world. Well, yes, that is. I mean, reasonably speaking, if your dex cap is 20 with two thumbs, then it should be 60 if you have six thumbs, but... <laughs> well, I mean, we're not taking into consideration, like, your just natural, like, dodginess of trying to just dive out of the way of stuff, of stuff hitting you. So I don't think it all doubles. <laughs> <laughs> I think it does. I think it's cumulative. Uh, can you tell I only got three hours of sleep last night? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, you don't say. <laughs> Staying up till five in the morning on accident is great. How, is it, was it just an insomnia thing, or did it just happen accidentally? It just happens sometimes when your brain doesn't work. Yeah. I realized that I had a problem when I heard my sister wake up in the morning because she gets up at three. <laughs> yeah, and then I just stayed up for two more hours. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because brain no work. But but brain needs sleep so you can your brain can do job. And then brain no brain. The podcast. <laughs> no thoughts. Head but, so, so not only are you saying that you want four additional thumbs, you also just want to kick your brain out. You're evicting it. <laughs> brain hasn't done anything for me in years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My my brain at least uh, managed to figure out gender stuff, so I think my brain's been doing stuff. Yeah, I mean, brain did do that, but that was like a decade ago for me. So eh, you gotta fair. step it up, buddy. Uh, I hate this. I hate this picture you just sent. <laughs> <laughs> Five thumbs, six thumbs. That's good. You have to put this in the episode notes. I think if we remember this in like September-ish when this episode goes up, you should definitely put this in. So like, get rid of the normal notes you do for like advertising, like our Twitter <laughs> handles or whatever, and just put this there. That's just the descriptor. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> I don't think that would work, but I'll try. I mean. Well, if you have the picture there, then we can call the episode Designing Hands Beyond Human Dexterity, which I guess we can do now since I said it myself. We usually try to refer to something we say. <laughs> I mean, honestly, at this point, I was just probably going to call it Thumbs, but we'll see how the rest of the episode goes. I mean, also, yeah, yeah also true. Could <laughs> just call it Thumbs. That or, like, who has six thumbs in a podcast? <laughs> Not, I, I mean, technically, us on Max Files, I would say. <laughs> I don't mean to, like, make assumptions about what your hands and shapes are like, but I believe that, since you all play video games, that you both also must have two thumbs. Well, I mean, that's not, like... While that is technically accurate, yes, we are both abled people, in terms of physicality at least, like, you don't need two hands, you don't need two thumbs to play video games, they're sure. adaptive yeah. controllers. Yeah, there are, there are accessible controllers nowadays. But that's but you can't say that we the two of us have six thumbs because we and the podcast because we don't because we're two people. I can find some more. Just yes. <laughs> <laughs> screaming in the background, and you're like, "Bye! I found two more thumbs," and it's like your like family member or a neighbor being like, "Oh God, why?" <laughs> uh. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we had that string of episodes where I was giving out specific people's addresses. I, I know where they are. You know, I just also realized what the, the freaking coincidence it was that you brought up, like, hand-related body horror when we have an <laughs> episode all about that. What, you think that might be on my mind for some reason? I can't mm. imagine. See, I wonder why. I, th I wonder what episode you have, yeah. <laughs> Uh. Uh. <laughs> no, I wasn't sure if that was intentional or not, but it would have been a funny coincidence nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
Well, I was going to use that as my segue, but before, like, we do the episodes, do you have anything that's not, uh, <laughs> vaguely body horror to talk about? Uh, no, I, I, not, not exactly, like, the big thing that really happened recently was the earrings that we used to, like, was able to take them out, and, like, I have the court thing tomorrow. It's, like, not a whole lot really going on. Like, I've not really played Pikmin much, because I already saw credits, which I think I mentioned last time, but it's, like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, again, it's, like, it's a modern Nintendo game, so it's like 50-50 on whether or not the real game happens after the credits and wasn't. Yeah. But, but I haven't really continued that, and I feel like I'm just like, yeah, I'll get back to that at some point. I'm just not, not in the biggest rush to complete that, because, like, again, it's not terribly long or hard, so it's like, yeah, I'll get to that at some point. But, like, been basically having to remake all the characters that I had in my main team in Star Rail since ever since the 1.2 update. Apparently, they basically introduced new gear. And then everybody's like, oh, these characters, uh, conveniently, most of the characters I've been using, yeah, their old meta is fucking dead now. You want this stuff instead. And it's like, that took me so fucking long to get that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know that until afterwards when I was looking at it yesterday because I finally got a drop for the old set for one of like, the best support characters in the game, who's Bronya. And then I was like, yeah, I finally got the one that does extra wind damage. I just want to make sure I got the right passive other stuff because like, it has like a main stand and like three, I think, on, like, the purples and four on the oranges, because this is, like, an orange tier, like, the highest tier mm-hmm. of, like, you know, other passive buffs that are, like, kind of smaller than the main one, but still, it's like, oh, okay, with her, you want more stuff, like, break effect, which increases the amount of damage she does on, like, enemy weaknesses when she hits the super effective, and so I was like, let me just check to see if this was the same, because it's been a while since I looked at this, and then I'm like, wait, how come her shit's different? Oh, fuck. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that, that old stuff, that Celestial Diffuser thing you just got? Yeah, yeah, we don't actually use that on her anymore. That's not optimal. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, so now I have to basically remake her, Sila, and Baidu. Not Silver Yay. Wolf, at least. Silver, Silver Wolf stayed the same. At least that. You know, like, she's like the best debuffer in the game because she can add that weakness to enemies. She at least remains the same. She didn't have anything to change. So it's only, it's only 75% of the characters I use that I need to change. <laughs> So fun. I didn't actually do any of the like 1.2 story stuff that they added yet because like I don't think they added a new zone yet to the game. I think they basically just finished the story in the third zone that they added in because I I know it's like a big kitty plant lady or whatever boss <laughs> that they added because you know it's a Kasha game so of course big kitties on the bosses. But, like uh yeah I didn't do that yet so like there's some like uh. Like, a lot of that new equipment is like, oh, you need to progress this far in the story to actually get it to appear in, like, challenges you can do, and, like, I just haven't done that yet, so I mostly just have to try to focus on getting that done at some point, just where you actually get to that stuff. Because, like, they basically, more or less, didn't have a lot of, like, they've had, like, events and stuff, they never have had, they haven't had, like, a big update to the game until just, I think, like, two weeks ago, I think, at this point, so it's, like, basically the first two and a half months, it was just here's whatever it is, and it's like, well, okay, they've at least been, like, doing some events until they got 1.2 ready, so it's not like it's been sitting there, but it's, like, it's kind of more just, like, in recent like, weeks or so, I've mostly just been, like, signing in just to do the daily stuff. It's just, like, use the energy for whatever stuff and get that daily stuff <laughs> done. So it's, 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 like, actually, like, story again to do, and who knows whenever the story will be done, because it's a gotcha. Probably never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love it when you catch up with the story of your mobile game and then you just have to put it down for like six months for it to build up enough story to be worth playing again. Uh-huh. Yep. It's like, alright, well, I'll do, I'll check in every day just to do the daily stuff and then, you know, play for like 15 minutes basically and then it's like, 
Alright, cool. See you again in like half a year when you actually have proper stuff to do. But I'll still be here at least every day just checking in to see how it's going. <laughs> that's what, that's just what they're like. They, they just, they get their fucking teeth in you and then they just don't let go. <laughs> like a pair of the toy. They want to let it go. They want to keep you. Especially. Yeah, no, not much else. Fair enough. Um. Yeah. Kind of funny, because, like, uh, even, I was thinking that just yesterday, too, when I had my electrolysis, and, like, I didn't have much to talk to my technician for, like, 90 minutes ever, because, like, yeah, for once, like, three weeks, nothing really fucking happened in my life, at least, <laughs> at least nothing serious. <laughs> Hooray. Maybe if I can break for once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I went to Oklahoma for the family reunion. Uh... Oklahoma is a worse state to be in than Texas right now. Don't go to Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know, I know. I know. Zoe lived in Oklahoma before she got out of there to go to Jersey, I believe. And she's like, "Yeah, it sucks. I can't go back to my home state because, but it's not safe." Yep. Done. Uh, family reunions are weird now. Uh, no further. Yeah, comments. yeah. Like I know you like mentioned just that nobody's like saying anything, but it's like, it's still, I think like it's still strange, huh? Cause like, yeah, yeah. You probably, like, when's the last time you saw most of the people? Like, probably before you started, right? Um, no, it's, I've got a couple of cousins who live in town here, but I don't see them super often. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other branch of the family that was there lives in Georgia, which who I saw a couple years ago when the Great Curse of Outing was discovered, if you'll recall. Mm. Um, and that's basically the main bulk of who showed up. Because it was just the one side of the family. It wasn't, like, everyone. Right. But it's also weird because, like, my cousins from the Georgia branch are very, like, the hyper-masculine cars and guns, sort of. Mm. Yeah you know, man men, and I just yeah, don't yeah. have, even before I was not a man, I didn't have anything in common <laughs> with them, but now it's even weirder, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, again, I always think back to, like, how in all my life I've been to, like, one baseball game and one hockey game, and the, enti the entirety of what I remember from both of those is being confused at the scoring cards. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, especially with the baseball one, which I think that was, like, when I was eight, it might have been, like, closer to, like, 11 or 12 with the hockey. It's, like, the the one with the baseball game, they actually gave, like, little scorecards so you can keep score along with it if you want it for fun, and I was just, like, looking at being like, this makes no sense, but also I'm eight. <laughs> <laughs> And also, this is just... Baseball games are fucking long, is the thing. It was like four yeah, they hours are. just sitting there out in the sun. Like, this, mm -hmm. is, this is not fun. At least with the yeah. hockey game, it's inside, and it's like, you occasionally got... Again, the only thing I remember from that is like three instances when like some of the hockey players were fighting, and it's like, yeah! yeah. <laughs> Cont full contact sport, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, that's, I've never been much fun for that kind of stuff anyway. But, yeah, whatever. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much same ballpark there. I was like, yep, I've not ever been the hyper... Like, obviously, it's like... It's like, I was just talking in the chat, I'm like 120 pounds and like 5'4". It's like, I'm, or 5'5". Five five. I'm very much tiny and not at all imposing. <laughs> very much <laughs> far from being the manliest guy when it came to that before. I was like, nope, fuck that, no more. 
<laughs> but yeah, but like pretty much most of that kind of family I haven't seen at least in like easily ten years at this point. Yeah, because I, I was thinking of that because it's like I believe like it was basically almost exactly ten years ago when I saw like uh like his side of the family because like I only have like three cousins on his side. Yeah, because yeah, because uh one of his sisters has two kids and the other has only one kid, and so it's like. The last time I saw them was Christmas 2023, because that's when I, or uh, 2013, point, not 2023, because that was like the last time I drove out from Illinois to go visit, basically before I moved to Japan and everything, and that's like when I brought my parents and they were only five months old, because like they, parents, totally fine with the car ride, I was like a little concerned because that was the first time they were in a long car ride, but they were like, eh, they were like curious about the first 30 minutes because they were like, what's going on? And then they were like, eh, fuck it, and then went to sleep the entire time. <laughs> Ferret so much, <laughs> and they were like me, and it's like, oh well, now I can't even pretend to talk to y'all to get to keep myself distracted. Thanks, boys. <laughs> yeah, but like after that, obviously, again, like I said, like I went to Japan, then moved back when they had sold the house in New York. So I was living in their Pennsylvania place for like a year before I moved down to Connecticut, uh, to North Carolina, and then to here. So it's like when, yeah, that would have been the last time I saw any of them. Sorry. What was my do the podcast alarm? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you have a podcast? Do the podcast alarm set for forty five minutes after the podcast starts? <laughs> uh, well, the thing is, is that I set the do the podcast alarm when I lived in Canada, and it didn't automatically uh, adjust time zones when I moved. Hey, so. gotcha. So that would go up. And at like I 8:45. keep forgetting to change the time, so it's been going off at eight forty five for like the past oh, three or four weeks now. Gotcha. Well, you know what you could do? You could you could turn it off now. <laughs> what you think of it? I guess I could. But then I'm playing with my phone on the podcast, and that's bad behavior. But it, like, <sighs> I mean, it's like it's not like I'm not on like websites during the podcast. <laughs> like I'm not just like staring at the like my wallpaper or the Discord chat all the time. I'm doing other stuff too. I guess I just I don't know. I'm doing my best to not be on my phone all the time during the podcast because I know that's not. Oh good. well, handy thing there. I can install. Let's see, what's the what's the name of this extension that I put on Firefox to fix Twitter? Uh, let me see what the name of it is. Where is extensions in Firefox? I forget. There it is. Uh, control panel for Twitter. It's available on Chrome, even though Chrome sucks, and also Firefox. Everybody can do it on mobile as well. Uh, you can do that and let you customize things to basically make Twitter look the way it was before a certain, uh, muskrat fucked everything up. <laughs> and it, and it has way less guff in the way, so you spend less time on Twitter also as a result. Hmm. I mean, cool, but I'm talking about just like, socially speaking, I spend way too much time on my phone and it really impacts my ability to talk to people I and mean, I'm trying yeah, to be yeah, good. Fair. <laughs> but but that's also just free advice for everybody. Go go fix Twitter yourselves with this extension because it's never gonna be fixed on its own. Well, no, but it's never gonna be fixed, period, so No. Still still clinging to life somehow. But uh it, it it's getting there, I think. <laughs> Especially because like he wants to even monetize more shit, like uh the whole thing recently of like having to use your ID to verify yourself, and it's like, what did you think the fucking blue check marks did before? You commodified them and turned them into a paid system. Yeah, well. 
folks that I follow have been starting to leave in greater numbers lately, so mm-hmm. I yep. don't know. Like, even if the site doesn't go down, it kind of seems like I'm gonna end up not having anyone to follow anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've been trying to find, like, more and more of the artists I follow on Twitter and trying to find, like, their websites or other places that they're on just to be able to follow them that way directly. Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. Because, like, that's uh, basically... Like, that's the majority of what I use Twitter for. It's, like, stuff like that. It's following, like, a couple... Like, uh, lawyer people, like, uh, Southpaw, like, who's a lo- everybody, he just calls himself the law dog all the time, and everybody calls him the law dog. He basically has been, like, following a lot of stuff with, like, you know, the presidency ever since, uh, 2016 for some reason. Hmm, I wonder why. <laughs> uh, so he's at least a good source of, like, knowing shit as it happens with stuff like that, because he'll provide commentary and clarification for stuff of, like, this is why this is fucked. <laughs> kind of deal. And then, like, you know, usually, like, People like for for shit posters like uh Darf who is also like a good friend of Southpaw. Which is just very funny that the guy who got the username at Darf is just this shit poster guy. Which actually I don't, I don't know what happened I don't know what happened at Darf. Darf hasn't been posted recently. I don't think I understand what's funny. Darf is just a random series of letters as far as I'm Well aware. it's it's just amusing because he got at or they got at Darf. I don't actually know their pronouns, but it's like they basically just make jokes about, like, wanting to have, like, the McDonald's hash brown available all the time, and also they have their persona be a little red panda wearing the Darth Vader suit. (laughs) But also Darth hibernates, like, back in, like, around, like, every fall slash winter until early spring. And I don't know where Darth is. (laughs) Hmm. Well, okay, yeah. I just you said it was weird that someone managed to get that specific username, and I was confused. Oh no, it's so. no, it's no. What's amusing is that the person who got it is a shit poster. <laughs> That's what I find so fun. Okay, Dar- Darf has apparently not really been posting a whole lot; just basically retweeting some stuff about like dogs, but like not for like over like basically last month or so. <laughs> Nothing about like if Darf is basically saying "fuck this, I'm out." <laughs> So I don't know what's going on. Yeah, alright. <sighs> oh, okay, Darf has Darf has a Mastodon and a blue sky. I think that's what's going on. <laughs> I think I think Darf is gonna jump ship. Okay. Well, uh <laughs> speaking of jumping ships, would you like to talk about someone who literally yeah, we, tried to jump the ship? <laughs> yeah, we we've had a weird entry for this episode, I think. It started at least kind of on topic with hand stuff, and then somehow it just kind of went off the rails a little. <laughs> Which, again, after next week's episode, next week's episode will literally be off the rails, because we're not going to be doing Infinity Train anymore, because it'll be over. Well, why would you say that? No, I'm sad now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I put in the tweet itself, and the show is of like, yeah, we're almost done with these guys, and who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Picking more shows to do is such a pain. I really love our show and I love what we do, but it's so annoying yeah, that we, every twenty we, weeks or so we have to have a serious discussion. I think I think what's the real big thing about it is just that we had three easy picks from the start. Because like, mm-hmm. I mean, you were the one who approached me about do you want to do Owl House, and I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> and ah. it's like. 
So it's kind of funny that we consider our house to be my pick, even though we agreed upon it together, but I feel like whatever. I, I was a little bit... I feel like I was, like, slightly more excited to talk about it than you, even though we both obviously love that show. But it's yeah, like... I the, mean, if I'm completely honest, at the time when we started this show, I hadn't watched everything that was available. Like... Oh, yeah. I had seen the first few episodes, but... Oh, okay. So I guess that does actually also loop around to kind of being my choice then, since you hadn't actually seen all of it by that point. <laughs> Which I'm now just thinking of, like, when Mike joined us, and, like, Mike was like, oh, yeah, like, I know I was told to watch season two episodes, but I watched all of season one to be prepared to get caught up, and then I also just watched <laughs> all of season two A. And I was like, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> you didn't have to go that far, and they were like, yeah, but I, but I wanna. <laughs> and we all just like, you being like, yeah, I had actually seen all of our house before I said, let's do a podcast in our house. <laughs> just amusing. <laughs> But yeah, but like, but then like, obviously, like Shira and Infinity Train were ones that it's like I was curious to do because I only had watched season one of both of them, and so I was like, oh, this is at least a nice excuse to actually go and see the rest of these. But yeah, <laughs> like I feel like we're past like the three really easy options that we had. <laughs> the thing. Yeah, that's true. It's like you suggested one where I was like, what the fuck even is this? I've never heard of this. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like I found out there's a ferret in it, and it's like, well, you could have told me there was a ferret, and then it's like I would have been sold immediately just knowing there's a ferret. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter for me to say that now, because, again, this episode will be out <laughs> months from now when we're actually yeah. already when whatever we're doing next. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, it's a little weird in a lot of ways. It's it just in so far as, like, I have a show that I'd like to do. It's a show that you literally didn't even know existed, yeah. and I don't think anyone else does either. So and while it, I would it, enjoy covering that show, is it a good thing for us to do on this show because no one would listen to it because no one knows what it is? You know what I mean? Yeah, and then there's also the issue of like, okay, well, it still feels weird to cover a show at all, really, just because of yeah. the strikes. <laughs> So it's like, cause like, even though we reached out and made sure that Infinity Train was not struck work, it's like, it still feels weird, cause it's like, it's still kinda advertising HBO, who has a history of being absolute fucking shits recently, with keeping shows even available online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, well. it's, it's a, yeah, we, we're at least like thinking about ways of working around that, which is like, again, I don't know why I'm dancing around with saying what it is, because again, by the time that this goes up, People will see it on the Twitter and the co-host anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we've only got this episode and one more, and then we're done with Infinity Train, so... Yeah. We don't have to worry about feeling weird for that much longer. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, speaking of people who won't be feeling weird for that much longer, here's my second attempt to get back into the episode. <laughs> I don't know, Ryan and Minky still feel like they're kind of weird, I think, even at the end of the two. <laughs> Well, Boys yeah, have... but they only have two more episodes, so they won't be weird that much longer. I don't know. I feel like they might still be after they're off the train, if they get off the train. It's possible. Because, like, I feel uh. we'll get there, but I think they two probably want to go their separate ways after all this. <laughs> they, they're not good friends. They should go see other people. They should kiss. Um, <laughs> I mean, they should kiss, but also they should see other people. <laughs> oh. If they kissed, it would solve all their problems. I mean, maybe. Um, I mean, there's still some stuff to process there, but maybe it would actually be a start. <laughs> at least get get across some of their feelings, considering they still don't fucking talk to each other, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, these boys are these boys are a different brand of idiot compared to uh, uh, 
It's even three people. Yeah. These boys are full on raised in the eighties. Can't talk about anything toxic masculinity, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know why I was drawing a blank on Grace and Simon's names. We talked about them at length. I even just made the tweet about them yesterday when we put up the first episode of the book three. How did I fucking forget their names already? <laughs> ah, who even knows? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's been like three months since we talked about Grace and Simon on the podcast at this point, basically. I guess, yeah. But alright. Um, so, my episode today and is Book 4, Episode 7, The Art Gallery Car. Um, we open the episode with the boys entering uh, the named Art Gallery Car. Uh, Ryan is, like, singing and playing the song Lion Tamer by Rich Irvine, who I don't think is a real person, but that's who they credit in the episode. Oh, uh, yeah, no, it's a fake person. I have that part of the trivia. Okay, cool. Good to know. Um, Mingi's position, basically, is that uh, Rich Irvine doesn't sound like Ryan, because he's doing that whole sort of, like, low 80s rock, you put some gravel on it kind of voice, and that's apparently not what this guy sounds like. Um, mm-hmm. And also, he's kind of, like, frustrated that Ryan just skips the whole album and goes straight to that song, because he's ignoring the craft in constructing an album piece by piece, and, like, the the flow of the music. So, you know. He's being being a little, like, uh, freaking gatekeepy here, and it's like, sometimes you just don't like the first couple songs on this album, and you want to go to the one you like. Yeah. I don't know, it's... I can see both sides of this argument, right? Like, it does take a lot of time and effort to design the flow of your album, especially at this point in time. Because back in the 80s, they didn't have, like, Spotify. You couldn't reasonably expect people to just pick one or two songs. You had to play the whole album, unless you were just going to fast-forward through it, you know? Yeah, I guess I guess it was also still you're dealing with cassettes only. Cassettes or vinyl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so they start to look around this car, which is huge, and there's just paintings on the wall all over the place, but Mingi starts shivering, and there's a joke about how he's not very good at being Canadian, and they pass a sign that is marked Mind the Docent, as Kez just screams to the car, demanding a free tour, but there doesn't seem to be anyone here, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I watched both these episodes twice because I watched them last night at first just to see them and then earlier today to get the notes down. Mm-hmm. Didn't actually put two together until I actually watched it the second time. I was like, oh, that sign has real implications for the rest of this episode in a fucked up way. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> like, I, 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 I didn't have to look it up. I knew what the Dustin is because uh, my, my 5e group actually found one a few uh, sessions ago on like a Actually, I guess only two seconds ago now, on the uh, Disease Warforge. It's like, oh yeah, the, the little guidance things, because they know knowledge. And it's like, ooh, well, this guy, this docent ain't uh, like that at all. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, but since there's no one here to give him a tour, they do just sort of wander around. And as they do, Mingi mentions hearing Ryan practice his guitar a few cars back, and Ryan had thought he was asleep, but no, it turns out, nah. And he compliments him, says he sounds pretty good. Ryan does suggest that Mingi should join in next time with his stylophone if he's still awake, but Mingi just sort of grunts. Uh, Meanwhile, Kez has found a painting that she doesn't like. The colors are, like, kind of weird, and they run into each other strangely, and the lines of the paint are just too hesitant. She really cannot figure out what the artist was going for, and it's, like... I would not have pegged Kez for an art critic, but there you go. Um, 
I guess like, I kind of just read this like to her just like saying whatever, trying to sound like she's an art critic rather than actually getting it though. No, I think she's really into it because when she gets into the car, the first thing she demands is a tour, and then she has this to say about this painting, and like right now she's gonna fly off looking for the headphones so that they can do the uh, guided audio tour and. Like what I get from I this is that she's very into art museums. Maybe maybe I just read it as Kez as being her usual scatterbrain self. <laughs> I mean it is a little, but I I think she is genuinely enjoying the fact that they found an art museum to go to. <laughs> yeah. Um Ryan decides that he knows what's up with this car, because it's definitely Mario sixty four rules. All they gotta do is <laughs> jump into the paintings. And so he does. <laughs> I like how I also have down in my note Mario64.sfx. <laughs> like we both immediately yeah. were just like, yeah, that's definitely where we're going with this, because that's just, again, he tries to jump into it. Is, when did that come out? I don't uh, know anything about the 64. After this, because 85, okay. 85, I believe, is when the NES was launched in America, because I think it was 83 in Japan at the time Because, like, the N64 was, like, close to, like, I think 94? Because I mean, no, 96, I think, because Open in Time was 98, because I remember that was the same year as the uh, American release of Pokemon Red and Blue. Fair enough. Just to check, when was the N64? I'm pretty sure it was like 96. Uh, when was N64? Uh, yeah, June uh, 23rd, 1996 in Japan, September 26th, that same year in America. Not okay. until March, March 1st, 97 in Europe and Australia. Weird. Well, regardless, it is definitely after this takes place, so I don't know where he got the idea to jump through the paintings from. Well, probably just because it's a weird fucking magic dream. <laughs> it's like, well, what do you expect? <laughs> it's like, if you see, like, paintings, it's like, well, it's probably going to be some nonsense. Uh, you need to jump in them and do stuff in the paintings. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they're seeing the first room, sure, but when he decides to jump in the painting, they haven't gone anywhere else. Like, it's very possible that the door is just standing in a side room, and they just have to walk to it. But yeah. no. He slams himself into the wall, because these are not, in fact, portals. They're just paintings. <sighs> yeah, they really actually don't do a whole lot of looking for the door in this episode, I'm just now realizing. <laughs> no, they absolutely do not. They just kind of take this place for granted. and Yeah, they're just like, well, we don't know how the place works, so let's look around. And it's like, they, but they don't necessarily say they're just looking for the door. It's more like... It more reads like they're trying to figure out what they do here. Yep. <sighs> not every not every train car has something to do. Some of them are just you pass by. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so Ryan gives himself a concussion by slamming face first into the wall, um, and it's a hard hit. Like he goes down, but. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, um, there's a, another little bit about uh, a painting about Ming, uh, Ryan calling a painting about elm trees, but actually they're maples, and so now he's the bad Canadian. But after Mengi finishes telling his part of this little joke, he just starts shivering and kind of storms off unexpectedly. Ryan tries to follow him, but Mengi insists on going alone and yells about how he just wants to do one thing, anything, without arguing about it. Just leave him alone, jeez. It is a pretty sudden about face because at the beginning of the ep they were getting along really well, and the number goes back up to 202, which Mingi then gets mad about that because he feels like they can't make any progress, and like my man, you are the one storming off and yelling at your friend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 
It's a there's a lot involved with that. It's like when you think about it, it's like it makes a lot of sense with what happens later on in the episode and why they act this way. But like, yeah, they do come back around to this in the next episode too. Of like, yeah, it wasn't all bad, huh? There's <laughs> other stuff said there. Like yeah. it definitely, it definitely like when you're first watching it, it definitely reads a lot of like, why does he have this weird sudden aggressive shift? Yeah, <laughs> that's like, the thing, right? It's like. I guess I'll cover this later in some ways, but I don't think we actually see any evidence that what's happening here is their behavior being influenced. They claim it is, and it is definitely a little strange, but, like, there's no, never any direct, like, oh, this is what's happening. It is just them assuming that. It very well could be that all this thing does is make them feel cold, and that makes them so angry at each yeah, other. Yeah, that that they... just, yeah, that just makes them miserable or something. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but yes, um, so Ryan takes off to give Minky his space, but uh, as he's taking off, we see a creepy hand start casting shadows on Minky's head. And uh, then we see Kez returning to Ryan. She's found the headphones for the audio tour. But the problem is that none of these uh, art installations have input jacks, so the headphones are pretty much useless. Uh, this is a little weird these days, because that's not how it works anymore, but at one point in time, you would take your headphones between different pieces, and mm -hmm. there would be a jack in the wall that you would plug into, and that's how you would hear the audio tour. Yeah, because so like, aren't, yeah. aren't they more like wireless now or something? Yeah, typically they... they'll be either a compact headset that just has the data on it, or it'll be something you can download on your phone. Yeah, because I remember that, like, I think when I was a teenager, they were still doing it where you had, like, the you rent the pair of headphones and go around and mm -hmm. plug it into the jack to hear the stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. Which, to be fair, I'm thinking that's, like, still 20 years ago. It's like, yeah, it makes sense that I was still around then. Yeah, that's the only reason I'm explaining it, is because it's, it's pretty outdated by this point. Yeah. We have we have some listeners who are like sub twenty. They died. they might need to explain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, back in the day, technology was bad. Um, <laughs> Go figure. Yeah, uh, but since there's no input jacks, these headphones are basically worthless. So she just kind of smashes them. Yeah, which I have to bring up. Maybe this is why again people, every, like everybody on the train, hates Kez because he just goes around being like. Oh, I don't see an immediate use for these. Might as well break it. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> like, Kes, uh. like, that's something that I feel like they have to address in, like, the last few episodes, because they still don't in these. But it's like, I feel like Kes has to, there has to be, like, some sort of, like, a reckoning where she has to be called out, and I'm like, what do, why do you keep just doing this? Like, you clearly are going around just screwing with people, and it's like, no, no, she doesn't. She's actively screwing with people. <laughs> <laughs> Like she's just she's just causing little like bits of mischief for no reason, and then just walking off. And it's like, is it any surprise that everybody wants your blood? She have blood. And she can she can eat, so she has to be able to digest food. So I guess she has blood, right? I don't think she has blood. But she can eat and process food. So like that implies she has a stomach. <laughs> yeah, but process like. Having a stomach isn't the same thing as having blood, right? Stomach can just be a pool of acid that melts whatever. I guess. Maybe maybe she has that mechanical stomach that the hangman wanted Gorgug to make him. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going for Jellystone and Yogi's Mechanical Radioactive Belly, but... Oh, well, I've never seen uh, that show. Oh, well, you should. It's gay. Um, that, that's that's a more recent one, right? Yeah, it's... Um, it's like a bunch of the early Hanna-Barbera characters reimagined, uh, like Yogi Bear and the Top Cat and all them. That's mm-hmm. a very fun, very good show. It's wacky, it's over the top, and as I say, it's gay. So, yeah, I guess. But also, uh, pirated these days, everybody does again the strike. <laughs> I think it might have been removed from HBO Max anyway. So, oh, fun. Well, I mean, uh, let's see. Let let me check real quick to see if it's on the side I do so I can finish. Right. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Uh, well, while you do that, uh. <laughs> Yeah, um, she basically, like, Ryan kind of just wonders out loud what's going on with Mingi, which Kez interprets as him asking her to go ask Mingi what's up, and though he begs her not to, she just kisses him on the cheek and says she'll take care of it. Found it, it's on this site. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Also, Kez, don't, don't... I get that Kez wants to help, but also she's kind of getting in the midst of, like, something that's, like, really ingrained in these two. It's not going to be solved easily by just having her go and be like, hey, what's the beef? This is true. Also, she's gotten real kissy in the past few episodes. Yeah, she's not asking for consent. <laughs> also. And she's not asking to, like, have permission to go try to figure out what's going on with Ingi, and also she's not asking if it's okay if I give you a kiss. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, also, she refers to herself as Mama Kez several times during this, which I don't love. Nah. I, I don't think anyone should refer to themselves like that. <laughs> if you must refer to yourself in the third person, don't preface it with Mama. That's just weird. Yeah. Um, unless that's what you're into, I guess. But, uh... <laughs> Well, that's a conversation for you and your uh, partner, and not not for everybody else here. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, so she goes to the other room where Mingi is, and he basically says he doesn't actually have any problems. All the problems are Ryan's, because Ryan just leaves and comes back, and then there are more problems. He brings them with him. Kez doesn't really get it, especially since they were just like just getting along. But having a little fun doesn't fix 18 years of problems, is his point. Um, Kez takes off, and we see more of the spooky shadow hands, like, stretching out from Mingi, and this time it's a little more clear that, like, the first time it kind of seemed like something was looming over him and casting a shadow, but it's, like, independently moving shadows we see now. Um, she goes back to Ryan to tell him to give Mingi some space, but he's basically given up hope. He also starts shivering as he's thinking about how, like, Mingi will never change and how he couldn't even depend on him to, like, be there for him in front of a crowd of people that they will never see again and didn't matter. And he he's, like, sinking a little bit. He's really falling down. And he decides that he also needs to be alone because he refuses to end up like Mingi just dropping everything for no reason. And, um... As Ryan walks away, Kez is, like, landed and is sitting on the ground, which is weird. Like, she's always flying, so the fact that she is sitting on the ground is weird, and I can't explain it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Her, her not floating is strange. 
Like, there's nothing technically wrong with it. It's just different, and that makes it seem strange. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, again, like, all the time, like, Kez has been floating around, and, like, all of a sudden, she's just, like, sitting on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hmm. She's just being a normal, uh, service bell, and not <laughs> the magic floating one with sparkles. Yeah. So one of the spooky shadow hands grabs her as Ryan walks away, but she doesn't even seem to notice it. it like, she just kind of has a non sequitur, and it lets go of her and retreats. Um, we cut to Min Yi, who now has a shadow hand just sort of gripping the back of his head, and it lets go just as Kez approaches, and she tells him that she thinks he really hurt Ryan's feelings, but he doesn't really remember when that could have happened. This is a little bit strange, because there's no... It doesn't seem like there's any other point where they forget what happened, right? But he doesn't remember yelling at Ryan here and now. The rest of it, it's all there. Just for whatever reason, this one specific instance seems to have been wiped out of his memory, and I don't know why. Um, yeah, like maybe if enough of the hands are touching, you don't fully remember. Maybe, but yeah. Um, the thing is, as far as he sees it, it's like... Ryan isn't bad, he's just untrustworthy, and you don't want to be like him at all. <laughs> um, and the thing is, is that Mengi can't let himself end up like Ryan. Oh ho ho, they're more alike than they thought. Um, <laughs> yes, but also see other people. <laughs> <sighs> Make out and then be like, but fuck you, I gotta see other people. <laughs> I, need, I need different friends. <laughs> <sighs> As a person who well, has never been in a relationship at all like that, so therefore has no idea how relationship works. <laughs> I feel like it is very possible for them to fix this relationship, and I feel like them kissing would be a great start to it, but they need to be willing to talk about stuff, and as long yeah. as they're not, it won't go anywhere. Yeah, like they shouldn't just like be like, okay, kiss, and then like everything figured out, right? And it's like, no, you still have to sit down and fucking hash stuff out with words. Yeah, communication is key. Relationships don't work without it. Mm -hmm. You have no idea how much more communication there is in a polyamorous relationship, it's like... I mean, I'd imagine it's a lot, because, like, everybody has to be on the same page with, like, what everybody's into, right? Yeah, we have to vote whenever uh, one of us gets a new partner of whether we should let them into the Google Calendar, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, you all in, like, fucking Organization 13 chairs with the clothes on being <laughs> like, the council has decided... You shall be granted access to the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing that voice of all things. Nobody in Organization 13 <laughs> talks like that. I wouldn't know. <laughs> I guess I'm just also envisioning you like being like you're in like wizard guards, and that's why you're being like you have been chosen. <laughs> Actually, let me correct that. I would say that nobody in Organization 13 talks like that because I absolutely would. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they didn't let you in. Yeah, that's probably it. Despite being the most nobody-nobody possible. <laughs> yeah, um, so elsewhere in the gallery, Ryan has found, like, a fourth or fifth room. I don't even really know how the geography of this place works. But he's stewing about how Minji thinks he's the only one who ever has bad things happen to him, and... You know, other people have problems too, but, like, Ryan has to pretend everything is great all the time. Which is he really our first admission that he wasn't happy in the rock and roll life, but he's, you know, just basically yelling it to an empty room and not admitting it to himself. 
Uh, yeah, like, like I mean, he's clearly, like, doing what he wants to do with his life, but even, but it's, like, it is definitely affecting him just because, like, he's still, like, not really gotten anywhere with it. But also, it's, like, you've only been trying this for, like, a year at most. Like, you just don't become famous overnight. Well, yeah, that's absolutely true, but he's also absolutely miserable because he doesn't have anyone. He doesn't have a band. He doesn't have friends. He doesn't have a steady partner. He doesn't have a van because his partner took it. It's <laughs> like, it, sure. maybe it's what he wants to do, but to my mind, it's not what he wants to do. Like, he keeps saying he does, but he seems to hate it. Yeah, I guess, like, we also don't really get the context of, like, if he even has any other friend besides Minky. <laughs> no, we absolutely don't. He does have four siblings, but I guess they don't want in on this, so... <laughs> mm. Yeah, or five well, siblings, I mean, or however many it was. I think it was five, but I think, like, I think it was the case of, like, he's the second oldest, or third oldest, I think? Something like that, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't like this up, because I, I mean, definitely remember he has an older sister that we saw in the first episode during Dave's part. Uh, let's see. Uh, four unnamed siblings, two unnamed younger brothers, two unnamed older sisters, is what the wiki says. Okay, so exactly in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, okay, so mm, just speaking from my own experience here, it's like, yeah, he definitely has middle kid syndrome a lot. Of, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a bad stereotype, <sighs> but sometimes it happens. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. I've never known what that was. <laughs> it's it's basically just being overlooked because you're the middle kid compared to the oldest in the baby family. Ryan's not overlooked. His dad gave him a van. <laughs> yeah, but I guess it could be read as like to get him out of the house. <laughs> like as he says next episode, this nobody's ever cared unless he was doing something, and it's like, well, if you give him this, he'll be doing something. So I guess. Yeah, all right. I guess that's fair. <sighs> yeah, um, the shadow hands kind of like grab him all over, and he smashes a at like a base, and just yelling about how no one cares how he feels. But because he is just shouting in an art gallery, Mingi hears this whole thing, <laughs> and so they start to fight by shouting at each other from different rooms, and uh. <laughs> It's 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 a little bit ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's like like they they have to speak at the loudest they possibly can just as way the rest of them the other one can hear each other. Well, it's the only way they can show emotions is by shouting from other rooms. <laughs> but yes, um, so Ryan asks Mingi why he even cares about what Ryan does if he doesn't want to be a part of his life, and it's. Like, honestly, legitimate question, but Ningi's answer is that it isn't just his life, which I don't super get. Um, like, in on the train, yes, but they could very easily go their own ways if they wanted to, you know? Um, Ryan insists that, you know, they had a plan, he came back for him, he was just trying to help him, but Ningi was, you know, too scared to follow through, but to Ningi, they didn't have a plan, it was just, like jump in a van and go blindly to city to city looking for gigs, which is not a plan. Like, he can't... His quote is, I can't drop everything in my life just because you can't figure out yours, which is really brutal. Yeah. But 
The other thing he reveals here is that he perceived Ryan coming back to get him at the diner as a cry for help, even though to Ryan it was him trying to get Mingi out there to experience his dreams. So that's pretty rough. In, in this... Ryan's defense, he did have a plan. We saw like in that scene of them at the diner that he had an idea of like what city they were going to hit up in what order. Which is well, like, that's somewhat of a plan. That's not like he's just driving aimlessly. That's true, yeah, but just driving to the city is, like, I don't know, maybe it was different in the 80s, but you can't just drive somewhere and expect to get a paying job as a musician, you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't, like, you have to rent a theater and everything, you have to at least find a, ba a bar that'll let you play. <laughs> yeah, it's like the whole thing I remember again after graduating college and then being like, get out there and go door to door with resumes, and I was like, nobody does that anymore. <laughs> They they yeah. make postings on Indeed and stuff like that, specifically saying, please do not show up to our office and announce with a resume asking. <laughs> do it online. It's way fucking simpler. Yeah. Um. This th Their fight is interrupted by a scream, though. It's just loud and long and terrible. So they both rush back to the main gallery, where they find Kez. She's sitting on the floor again and just <laughs> shrieking at the top of her... Um, well, I was going to say at the top of her lungs, but I don't know if she has those, so... She, she's got those, uh, those Eberron artificial lungs that breathe <laughs> in, uh, vacuum. Yeah. Um, Ryan asks what happened, but it turns out Kez was just screaming for the fun of it. She does that sometimes. Uh, they don't really get what she wants or what she's doing, and both boys just kind of sink to the floor, admitting that neither one of them wants to be here. As shadows rush to cover the whole gallery, but Ryan spots something. Uh, I'm not super sure what makes him spot this, but he picks up the broken headset from earlier, so I think it's got something to do with it. And because of the broken headset, he walks to a mobile that is in the room dangling, and somehow the headset I has taught him that he needs to look at the mobile from the right angle. I, th I think it's that, like, when he first sees the mobile, it looks a little like in the position of, like, the busted headset, so, like, he's, like, seeing it like, reflected in it, I guess. Like, oh, it looks a little bit like the busted headset. At least that's how I interpreted things. I guess. It's it's just not very well communicated, which is a surprise for this show. They're usually super good at that visual style. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, basically, the mobile is made of, like, eight dangling pieces, and if you look at it from just the right angle, it turns into a door, which, because Kez is watching over Ryan's shoulder as he does this, when they see it, they're immediately thrown through the door. Uh, worse, they can't get back in. It's like a red-tinted force field thing, so they're just stuck out there banging on it. And Mingi didn't see this, just that Ryan and Kez are gone all of a sudden. And as he's panicking, the shadow hands push out of the painting, because now they've taken physical form as just a truly horrible thing made of passenger hands. And I do say passenger hands because they do have numbers on them, it's just uh -huh. they're not glowing, so I'm pretty yep. sure this guy kills people and takes their hands. Uh -huh. Um... <laughs> I have a lot of trivia about the docent in particular. Yeah, this is the docent, but I tend to call it the handyman because it's a man made out of hands. Um. <laughs> I mean, that just makes you think of, uh, related to another conversation we had in the chat, I think just yesterday, that just reminds me of the handyman from Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> but it's also a monstrosity because it's just a dude forced into a giant mecha suit, basically. <laughs> Well, I mean, they all are, when you get down to it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, no, uh, I don't know. The thing that 
saying that the Handman is made out of hands makes me think of is Mr. Sandman Man Mia Sands. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this thing, it, it just pushes out of the paintings, and it doesn't immediately grab Mingi, but it's just like hovering behind him and moving directly so that he can't see it. It's like staying in his blind spot. And more and more of the shadow is overtaking him, and all Ryan can do is watch helplessly, and he's shouting, but you can't hear through the, 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 the what do you call it, the force field, and he promises Mingi that he's not going to go anywhere, he'll be there forever, he won't leave, he, he'll stay, and this drops his number all the way to zero, at which point the train breaks, uh, it comes to a complete stop, which we, it doesn't usually do, I don't know yeah, what's happening I noticed, here. Yeah, I noticed that too, it didn't stop fully for Tulip or Jesse when they got their exit doors. Nope. Maybe it's because he's outside a car, I don't know, but... Yeah, like, maybe, maybe it did that intentionally because he was not in the car, because it's like, well, we want to make sure you can actually get here safely if the train, like, fucks or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, so he's thrown to the ground, and the train stops, and then the door opens, and Brian just kind of stares into it. Uh, but behind him, Min is now collapsed. He's lying helplessly under the weight of all these shadow hands, which I am interpreting as the weight of his expectations for himself and for Ryan, although that's not, like, a stated point. That's my interpretation. Yeah. Um, he's fully covered in shadow, and Malquez does shout vague encouragement at him, and I do mean vague, because it's... Like, it's esoteric. Um, yeah, one, he, one of it is just her being like, oh, that guy looks all ugly or whatever. <laughs> like, her trying to make fun of the docent, basically. Yeah. Uh, but he just can't seem to move. And Ryan's stuck. He's paralyzed. He's staring at the door, but he doesn't go through. And then something makes his number go back up to 115, which makes me suspect he decided to leave Mingi behind. Like, I don't know what else would cause his number to go back up in this moment. Yeah, like... The, the only other way I could read that is, like, if the fact is never going back up to 115, an indication that his real lesson is that he's just better off without Mingi. Ah. <laughs> but but I think it is definitely more like, for a split second, he considers it because he has his way off the train, and then the train is like, no, that's the wrong lesson, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like you just You just learned five seconds ago not to leave somebody in need, and meanwhile, you're in your brain, you're like, maybe I should leave somebody in need. <laughs> Like, no, no, unlearn that. Learn it, learn it again. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, lying on the floor, Mingi is just helplessly struggling, but as the docent, like, leans in, the hands that make up its mouth are about to, like, close on his head. He finally sees the door from the right angle, and then he's just stumbling out between the cars. Ryan runs to him, and I really think Ryan's planning to hug him in this moment. But before he can, all Mingi says is that Ryan left him, and then the train starts rolling again, and that is the end. Yay! <sighs> yay, soundproof barriers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, yay, monster hands. <laughs> Made of monster hands. hands. It's like, is it? I don't know. Body horror is definitely a thing, but... Between this and there's definitely a monster made out of hands in Gravity Falls, like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe kids' cartoons go too into the monster hands thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's know. like, there's two aspects, there's like a spectrum of it. It's like, on one spectrum you have Hootie shedding his skin, which is just comical, because he's just a skeleton. <laughs> and on the other you have monster hands <laughs> that form the, the form, that make up the form of a man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh. 
but yeah, um, it's it, I like this episode a lot. Um, mm-hmm. This is honestly probably my favorite of the episodes so far. Uh, insofar as they are finally starting to communicate, even if it's just through shouting. Um, yeah, yeah, like even if it's like being fucking furious and like maybe influenced by the shadow hands, maybe not fully. But like, yeah, at least the they're thing. actually they're actually saying stuff. They're actually getting some stuff out in the open for one. For real, compared, compared to six episodes, it's like no, we're pro besties, we're bros being bros, and it's like mm, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like this and your last episode where they were like vaguely connecting over music in the bathroom of the Astro Q car. Those are like yeah. the highlight moments for me so far, because everything else they've done is just so them deliberately avoiding each other in a way that frustrates me. Yeah, like, in that case, it was more because Ryan actually went to the bathroom to comfort Mingi when he had his case right, rather than being pissed at him. Yeah, yeah. Then meanwhile, in this one, he's even saying again, that's like, he left me again. <laughs> it's like, my guy, can you fucking just get, I understand that he has stage fright? <laughs> Very real, <laughs> and it's like, not, not something he can easily just get over. Yeah. I don't know, it's just, what things that I have a real, pretty low tolerance for in, especially in kids' cartoons, is plots that are dependent entirely on misunderstanding because yeah. the characters won't talk to each other. And so the fact that so far that seems to be basically entirely what this season is has been really frustrating to me. Yeah, it's like, you had like, you had like, you had like brief bits of that back in like Alhouse season two in particular that I'm thinking of, because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, a lot of it was like, who's not wanting to like, tell Amity about, like, when she saw her mom in the human realm, because obviously she, at that point, thinks that she has to stay in the human realm and not go back, <laughs> so she doesn't want to confront that, and then, like, a few episodes later, when she's like, yeah, time to me, time for me to d- dra- uh, trauma dump about my dead dad to you. <laughs> it's like, well, it's a, she at least had, like, good reasons, and they at least got it resolved before those episodes ended, so it didn't linger. Yeah, but I guess what I mean is, like, in the Owl House, it's not as much of a big deal, right? Because that becomes one of Luz's primary motivators. It drives her in a way that she's not, like, she's not letting people assume things about her and then running an entire plot off of that, right? It's not she over it's not like someone overheard her having a conversation and understood the wrong thing and that's the plot that's yeah that's the kind of thing that i'm talking about here but the fact that these two are just outright refusing to communicate is just like yeah yeah again it's like yeah obviously the difference is like the time period and also like the characters themselves because it's like i mean it's like you consider like Luce being, like, the bubbly personality that she was in season one, and uh, that that went away pretty quickly into season two, in a way. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was there in points, but, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I just mean, like, that's... Especially that secret-keeping about her trying to hide the promise she made. That's pure trauma. That's character development, right? That's not, yeah. like... This is a cutesy plot that happened because someone heard me say something mean and then walked away before they heard me say not. Yeah. It's... Like, like, they're, like, again, like, when she finds out, like, the truth about Bellas and how she helped him, like, she fully tells Eden King that she does hold that away from her friends up until, you know, all the way through the first episode of the first, of third season and all. Mm-hmm. But she does at least admit it. <laughs> and then, 
you know, have to also process other stuff. I'm like, yeah, I don't actually want to leave the demon realm. <laughs> yeah. And again, that's like pure character growth. It's not... Yeah. Yeah. But so yeah. far, what we've seen from these two is a lot of, like, I'm just not going to talk to you, and it's going to affect me negatively, and I don't care. It's not yeah, leading like... to any growth at this point. Yeah, the so the fact that they had pretty... this episode where they did at least a little bit of explaining to each other, that really, really brought it up, in my opinion. Yeah, like, for the most part, in the other six episodes, they were, like, pretty stagnant, just being like, yeah, no, let's just not talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's totally fine. Everything's good and normal, and it's like, no, it ain't. Fucking talk about <laughs> it. Sit down for a sec. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. You did it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> All it took was a giant monster made of hands from other passengers to get him to finally talk. <laughs> I love that there's a monster that just rips people's hands off on the train. <laughs> One is so cool. He's such a good conductor. I'm no, sure he, he cares so much about people. I have questions about why this exists, because it seems to be like the... It's like it's something else that I have later on about... Uh, where is it? Uh, the, let's see, where is the trivia notes I have about it? Uh, yeah, it's like basically the only denizen whose entire purpose seems to either kill or seriously maim passengers, which it clearly has succeeded that multiple <laughs> times. Because it's like, yeah, there's like occasionally like some little threats like the winged snakes and everything, but it's like they're just snakes. They're, yeah. They might they might fly and everything, but they're still just kind of snakes. This thing is like it's like this is a giant fucking monster who knows where its origin point really is, of like whether it was a shadowy hands or if it was given some hands to start with. <laughs> At which point it's like, one, what are you fucking doing if you're taking people's hands to give it as a baseline? And then just being like, yeah, your purpose is to just take more people's hands. The really cool part is, even if you survive it, if it manages to rip your number hand off, you still can't get off the train. You're doomed. Yeah, 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 I never think about that. Yeah, you're absolutely <laughs> fucked with that. Like, even if you manage to survive having an arm ripped off, if it's the one with the number, well, guess what? Now, yep. you're, gonna di- now you're gonna die here eventually. <laughs> Like, I feel like at that point, it's like, okay, fuck it, I'm gonna go talk to the conductor and be like, yo, what the fuck? Give me another number, at the least. <laughs> Maybe another arm, even. Yeah, yeah can, you, can, you, know, like, can you graph the robot arm onto here? If Yes or no, regardless, put a fucking number on the other hand again. Because that's not fair, my guy. <laughs> that, that You might want to fucking fully just eject that car from the train fully. Just get rid of it. Yeah, that's that's probably a good call. Who put uh, up the sign saying mind the docents? Uh, I think it's just part of the car. I think that's one's idea of a warning. Maybe. It doesn't explain shit, though. Nope. And also, it's like you would think that eventually the docent would be like, yeah, no, that sign's uh, getting some people warned about me. I should destroy that sign. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's horrible. And it's great, and I'm glad that there was no such thing as a handyman. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not a very real profession that some people are called. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. That docent's like, don't even get me started on how not real those are. <laughs> uh, not again, like that's a career field that I might end up going into. Also, again, exist in Eberron. <laughs> Now you got an explicitly typed Eberron because of War Force. Well, yeah, but that's fiction. It's fine. It's still called the same thing, and it still serves the same purpose as acting like a bit of a sentient guide. 
Yeah, but it's fiction. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <sighs> but yeah, um, I'd say it's about time to take a break. Um, mm -hmm. And, of course, you can always find us at patreon.com slash usweirdoscast, where we have a panoply of delights that await you. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, you get uh, 13 weeks advance on our other show, The Axe Files. If you want to see what we're doing 13 weeks in the future, you can be a time traveler also. Uh... <laughs> uh, bringing it all around to the fucking deep lore of uh, usweirdos that we established. <laughs> always. But then we also have other delightful things for you, such as a queer book review every week. I write a pretty significant review and recommendation of a queer book. And? Yep. And uh, currently, if, assuming this goes up in October still, I'm doing a whole month of spooky uh, video games uh, for the Let's Play stuff. I mean, sp spooky being a little generous at times, but it's like it's stuff like Bloodborne PSX. Not spooky, there's blood and stuff, so it counts. <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, those um, weekly uh, weekly let's plays of yours—they really go places sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll we'll get back to the the current uh, platinum random as like at some point, probably at the start of November. Ah. Yeah, the moment spooky stuff. Yeah, um, and of course we also like to give a huge shout out to our patrons. So we need to thank Trigger Harpy, Aurora Borealis, and Bookquest Queen. Thank you so much for being here, y'all. Yep, we continue to <sighs> appreciate your support and helping us do this silly nonsense we do. Yes, indeed. Now, uh, back to the show. Enjoy the train. Thank you. Then we will just continue on with episode 8, the Mega Maze Car, which, can, again, pretty much just like most of the episodes in this season, continue right where we left off once more. Because it's just them still outside uh, between train cars with Mingi just bawling his eyes out, pissed about Brian having left him behind to die. <laughs> Fair, not technically true, but to him, <laughs> definitely reads like it's happened that way. Yeah. Uh, Ryan says if he wanted to leave, he could have, but doesn't elaborate at all because, again, these boys are dumbasses and can't spit things down and be honest with each other. Also, because I feel like he's, like, even realizing that, uh, for a sec there, he did actually fully consider leaving Mingi to die, which is why his number went back up. <laughs> Do you think, if he left, what would happen with Mingi? Because their numbers are linked, right? So Mingi's mm -hmm. number also would be zero. Would he get his own exit, or would he just be out of luck since the exit was outside? I, I think I think he would have been fucked because the exit was outside. Like, I think because, like, they are, like, intrinsically tied together where their numbers affect each other and everything, that, like, they only would get one exit. I guess, I guess we'll find out in a few episodes' yeah. time if they actually do Because that's the, the other thing, right? Like, Tulip hit zero more than once and she got mm -hmm. multiple exits, but would Mingi even be able to drop his number again after... Because if Ryan left and their numbers were tied together, could his number change? Yeah, I don't know. Right? I guess that's another question that we probably just won't get full context of, just because of the nature of the show being yeah. over. <laughs> but it's like, and also the train being weird. Like the tra like the train, like having two people on at the same time with the same number is still something that even surprised one. But I feel like the train itself would be able to like accommodate for that. Of like, all right, well, this one got off the train ahead of the other one, and that one almost got his arm ripped off. So I guess we'll just. I make accommodations for that guy <laughs> to work around it. I don't know. 
the train having to put out patch notes being like, uh, yeah, fix, fix the glitch where Mingi doesn't get an exit at the same time as Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> One just going over the intercom having to give that TSA update to everybody, and it's like, well, that, that doesn't only, that only applies to two people in particular. <laughs> Ming, Mingi uh-huh. finally got bus. <laughs> but also, he shouldn't get bus because he also got bus. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Kev tries to lighten the mood a little bit by saying that they should just head on to the next car, which is where her home is, which is way less gross than the art gallery car, since it has beds and sconces, and four beds and sconces, and she doesn't actually remember what else is really there besides that. <laughs> Honestly, uh, though, it's about time, right? We've been trying to get to her house since episode two. <laughs> yeah. Like, it took them way longer to get, uh, like, the, like, something, couple dozen cars or whatever to get there than it did take the Apex to get like 40-something cars back to the rest of the Apex. Mm-hmm. They got there real quick, comparatively. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. storms off into the other car, leaving Brian a bit sad, just out here still between the cars, but he falls a little bit after. And Kez shows them that the... Like, basically... Wait, my notes here is, is weird. Like... I wrote Kez shows in the way, but apparently the big major on the castle is a new addition. That's not what happens. God, Kez basically is, like, about to show them the castle, but then it's like, huh, this, like, big... It's not even a hedge maze. It's like, she, she phrases it like maybe the garden or mess of stuff, but it's just a fucking solid concrete maze. It's not hedge maze. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's fully bricks and mortar. It was constructed. <laughs> yeah, this was made possibly to keep Kez out. <laughs> you know, Kez can fly over it, but it's like, Possibly still to keep people out from the castle. <laughs> well, yeah. not Kez. Yeah, that would be a very ineffective way of getting rid of her, but... Well, maybe they forgot that Kez uh, can actually float. <laughs> they saw <laughs> Kez sitting on the floor just like us, and it was like, oh, okay, Kez is now bound to the earth. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, wait, no, this shit, she was just doing that because she wanted to be fine. <laughs> Kez has become normal. <laughs> uh, oh. Kez will never be normal. Kez will always talk like a valley girl and always float around and be a weird... Uh, Little mischief making person with sparkles. <laughs> That's just normal for her. But yeah, in any case, uh, be- yeah, because the maze is there, Kez's plan is basically she'll just fly up above and navigate around to help them get to the castle. Of course, she immediately makes mistakes because she's Kez. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's being harsh considering that, like, you know, the whole part of, like, the sixth episode was, like, her asshole friends being like, oh, we knew you'd fuck up, Kez, because you always fuck up. And it's like, this is more, I guess, Kez is like, also just not fully paying attention to the maze, and also she's not familiar with the maze, so that's why she's being <laughs> in the wrong direction. Yeah. Yeah. I do want to say also, like, we've known she could do it for a little bit now, but she's using her, like, sparkles to make a hand yeah, a lot she, in this episode. Yeah, that's something she really hasn't done much of, necessarily. So yeah. Maybe, maybe she's like, she only recently figured this out. <laughs> Well, we've seen her do it a couple times. She just normally doesn't bother, and in this episode, she does it kind of a lot. Hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a weird thing. I just wonder if it's gonna like if it's like something that she can like. I guess the big thing is like whether she can actually like pick up something with her sparkle hands, or if it's just sparkles in the shape of a hand. Uh, she can. That's how in the uh the old west car when they were talking to the bugs. That's how she got her stuff back out of the bucket. Is she created sparkle hands to pick it up? Did she? Oh, I thought she yeah. had this, like, levitated it or something. Yeah, she created the sparkle hands to pick it up and then just stuffed it in her mouth. Oh, yeah. Alright then. Yeah. 
But basically, yeah, of course, they try to go through the maze, they immediately start getting lost all the time. As they're just going along, Ryan makes up a song about the maze to kill time, but Mingi, still annoyed from earlier, just is like, isn't that just the same melody from a different song you have? He's like, you really can't just reuse that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and basically, like, this basically makes Mingi admit that he, or probably his family, did receive the demo cassette that Ryan sent them. Because I guess he's apparently listened to it a little bit to know the song. Yeah, I suppose uh, so. Yeah. Ryan's a little bit embarrassed because he's, like, calling it my ver, ver, I forget how you pronounce this. <laughs> uh, ouvoir, I think. But Ouvoir, yeah. It, it, it's a little bit funny because, like, he turns around to show, like, the name on his uh, guitar case because that's his, like, working title for his first album, but he also didn't know how to spell it the first time, right? So you see it's like it's the spelling crossed out. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I don't, I don't know how to fully pronounce it myself. <laughs> so I, you know, kind of surprised that uh, Google Drive knew exactly what I was trying to spell because I was also spelling it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But in any case, uh, yeah. But I'm kind of like paraphrasing a lot of their conversation here and like kind of rearranging a little bit just to make it flow a little bit better because I'm not going to obviously go through their entire bit of them actually talking for once. But uh basic uh, point here is that Minky is bummed about how he has kind of nothing to show for his life and still lives with his parents while everything's been quote-unquote so easy for Ryan, which of course Ryan takes offense to this because he... You know, his family largely ignores him as he has too many siblings, and he, like, praises again, like, they only pay attention to him if he's actually doing something. <laughs> Which, yeah, I can understand that. Yep. Uh, uh, Minky does say that at least he's doing something compared to him being up for the promotion of assistant manager at a Humpty Dumpty themed restaurant, and that he only enrolled in uni to make his parents happy. Oof. Which, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, like, not a good reason to go to school. No, meanwhile, it's like back in like I think the first episode of the season, he was like, "I gotta get back to go to college," and, was, and like Ryan was like, "Who cares?" <laughs> and like apparently, <laughs> not even Mindy actually cares. <laughs> yeah, but they end up taking a break against another dead end because they just keep. Well, to be fair, this time it's actually like Kez even just says like, "Nope, that was on you. That was on y'all. You you weren't paying attention. <laughs> That's not on me this time." <laughs> so <laughs> they actually went to a, a dead end just on their own, like. Uh, not paying attention, or it's kind of funny that it's like it's like Minky is right there next to the end of the wall before he turns around and notices it finally, and it's like, how'd you get this far toward the dead end, my guy? <laughs> I, just, yeah. I guess you were thinking that there was like another path, like further along, but it's like it's like literally him like standing back to back with the brick wall before he turns around and notices it and tries to blame Kez for that. <laughs> but yeah, but they take a break against dead end as Minky just continues implying that. Like, he thought that things between the two of them were starting to get better during the little bathroom jam session, but still being abandoned in the previous car kind of shatters his trust in Ryan fully, because he even admits, like, yeah, I don't I don't fully trust you. I know I should, but I don't. Well, hey, Ryan. yeah. Yep. It's hard not least, to blame him. Yeah, at least, again, like, Ryan at least, his credit says that he absolutely wasn't trying to leave Mingy behind. At least in that, we kind of do get the assumption that he actually considered it briefly when he saw the door. <laughs> uh, the door off the train, rather, not the door out of the car. Right. Obviously. But yeah, but, uh, yeah. So basically, uh, where's my notes? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they basically both realize that the previous car didn't make them say all those harsh things, that some of it was actually just them being frustrated and finally venting. And they both look at their number, which is at 202 again, despite the fact that Ryan's went back to 115. 
with the maze person, like when you get when they like mm-hmm. go like when he like just, uh, didn't go in his like exit door, so I don't know what it was that made them go back up. I guess maybe maybe it was like it reverted to one fifteen because it was like yeah, well you know in case uh, Mingi dies, you at least have some progress here. So you're at one fifteen, but then when Mingi got out, it's like well, false alarm, you're back to zero two. <laughs> it's like too bad. Um, makes sense, tough, yeah. Tough shit, bud. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> Fucking cope. But yeah, but uh, basically as they're doing this, I guess Kez is like able to hear them a little bit because she's pulling up above, and she really just tempts fate by saying that they're being too hard on themselves, that things, everything will be okay. And then of course at that point, uh, everyone that they've pissed off at this point up until this episode has caught up with them, with the Parker Denison being in like their lemur forms while Pig Baby is now a toddler. <laughs> I, I have questions about how they explain the way like Pig Baby is a toddler now because it's like I don't think that would actually. I guess it's six, I mean, based on what we see with other ones, that you don't need that error set on <laughs> all the time, but it's, like, still, still weird. Yeah. Yeah. But, of course, they all think as everything bad that happened, like, keeping the Parka people stuck in, like, an evolutionary time warp and getting Nigel fired from his bounty job, when apparently he's a single father of 14 kids. <laughs> that is pretty intense. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of children. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you make enough money as a bouncer, uh, not even letting people into a club because they're all skeletons. If, uh, with 14 mouths Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the stereotype, I guess, would be that you, the bouncer gets bribed to let people in, but no one does that yeah. because they're skeletons. Yeah, nobody's alive by the time they get to the door. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't think Nigel's been doing very good with supporting his kids. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, but Morpho explains how, like, the, basically the Parker Denizens use the Aerostat to enable them to accelerate Pig Baby's growth into Pig Toddler. And, uh, but basically Pig Toddler gets distracted immediately when they refer to Morpho as a butterfly, because since he's still basically just like a two or three year old, he thinks butterfly is being literal, like, buttery treat, <laughs> basically, because butter isn't the name or the word. <laughs> so, Pig Toddler just tries to just eat Morpho. <laughs> <laughs> Because, again, he is a baby and only wants to eat nice, tasty treats. Uh, Kenneth tries to alleviate their anger since they all got at least vent at her, but Morpho will only be content with returning home after they all murder Kez, and she starts doing chase after her as, like, she's just flying around screaming her head off, which is basically what Kenneth does when this episode. Ah, uh, yes, a fair and balanced justice system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, you know, justice won't be served when you're fucking dead. <laughs> it's the only option. Uh, yeah. Pig Toddler basically breaks the maze open, and then Sparka and Lemurs jump off and chase after Ryan and Mingi, and they just basically take off the maze kind of at random to try to escape from all this. <laughs> uh, one Lemur corners them as, uh, I'm just gonna abbreviate Pig Toddler to PT, cause it's just easier and I put that on my nose. Uh, PT busts down the wall behind them, so they're just like really cornered here, but PT just once again says that he's really hungry after so much chasing. <laughs> and, like, the one lemur that chased after them, who they referred to as she, her opponent, I don't remember any of them in particular being necessarily gendered, really, but I guess, yeah, like, the only... I, really... I don't think we ever got that, no? Yeah. Like, I think it's, like, mostly because, like, I think, like, they were more talking as a group in the first episode, to my recollection, and, like, they were also, like, more talking as, like, a hive mind once they became, like, their brain forms, and flesh as the aliens as well, because, like, yeah. alien... I guess I just assumed it was, like, just, like, the, like, higher pitch kind of speaky voice or whatever that they had as aliens in the brains. But no, apparently that's just like the voice of one of these and they do use her pronouns for this one. 
But, uh, this thing, Bert. Well, I did interpret, like, at the end of the episode, when we see them as their original selves, and they're, like, in the van and yelling at Ryan and Kez, I did interpret that voice as feminine, but there's no, like, no one ever uses she or her to describe them in the episode that I recall, so... Yeah, yeah, they only do it here, but basically. To be fair, like, they've not really been a presence in many episodes. Like, we've seen them in, like, the end of, like, one episode after that first one, I think. When they were, yeah, yeah, because they showed up to like team up with Warfo basically in that one. Yeah. Yeah, but that sense. But yeah, but basically this is all just a lot of preamble to basically say this one she her female Weimer uh, uh, uses the Aristat from their card to basically turn into her gorilla form of evolution, while the other two are still Weimers, and they also join in because they're just basically going to be like, yep, I guess now's the time that we just beat the shit out of these kids until they're dead. <laughs> uh, P.T. tries to crush them, but they just get out of the way of his arm, and because he's basically a two-year-old, he just fully falls over while trying to crush them, and again gets affected by Morpho chasing Kez, because he still thinks that Morpho is a tasty buttery treat. But this basically allows the guys to run up his arm and get onto his shoulder, which... Cal Creamer's just hanging out there, she just doesn't seem like she's trying to like push them <laughs> off or fight them or anything, she's just kind of being like, okay, I guess they're here up on the shoulder now with me. Eh. Well... Honestly, like, if I was made of porcelain, I would also not try to fight people. I get, yeah, fair point. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Parker Denizens then basically use the Aristat to turn into their eyeball forms to reach up to the guys, and rather than just blast them with their eye beams, they try to just slap Ryan with the Aristat, I guess, just to, like, turn him into, like, before he was born, I guess, or as, like, as a skeleton. <laughs> but they miss because they're dummies, and instead they hit Cow Creamer Fit, which... I noticed this is weird, because the timer on the Aerostat doesn't look like it's been set to, like, the future. It looks more, like, set to the past, because, like, you don't see, like, an indicator for the future on, on it. Because Cow Creamer turns into a bunch of food here, which is, like, I would think that would be her future rather than her past. <laughs> like, um, I, I wouldn't cow- think it would be either. Really, given I that guess, she's made of porcelain. True, true, but in the average cow's lifespan, the cow doesn't start as steaks and then turns into a cow. It starts as a cow and then turns into steaks. <laughs> well, that's true, but you gotta remember that, like, this isn't your personal timeline. It's, true. like, the evolutionary timeline of your reality. I guess. So, Ryan but, wouldn't turn into a skeleton. He would turn into whatever a human is ten million years from now. <laughs> I guess. But how how does how does steak evolve into cow with the steak comes from cow? Uh, <laughs> it's the train. <laughs> also, like, I think they're also pointed out here. Aside from turning into like the expected cheese wedge jar of milk and steak, she also turns into a bowl of butter and an egg. So I don't know what's up with that because that's not like I guess bowl of butter. I guess like butter does come from milk from cows. But not the um, bowl itself. <laughs> is that not involved in the making of creamer? I guess. But also, <laughs> but cows don't like eggs, is the point I'm trying to get at here. <laughs> no, but to, to make, like, not the cow herself, but creamer, the ingredient, does that not include, like, a whipped egg, I thought? Oh, maybe? But it definitely involves, doesn't, steak is not an ingredient of of creamer. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's an ingredient of cow. You have ingredients of cow and ingredients of creamer, and I when get, they put, I get, put okay, together. I guess. I guess. Again, she's porcelain, so I don't know, so this is like a joke, really. <laughs> it should not be that this is the component, they component of porcelain anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> The yeah. point we're getting at. But yeah, yeah, we don't know what's up with her biology, besides this. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, but yeah, she probably did. So, uh, PP throws a tantrum, and basically, like, in throwing a tantrum, a slab of, like, the maze falls onto the park eyeball guy, so they're also fucking dead. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Ryan and Mingi basically jumped off of PT's shoulder at this point to the top of the maze, just circumvented to rush for the castle. But they find Nigel beat them there and roped off the entrance. But because Nigel is not a good bouncer, they pull off the same where the band excuse from <laughs> a few episodes ago to get inside before Nigel realizes the mistake and just slumps into disappointment with himself again. <laughs> but this time they have real instruments, though. They True, they do have real instruments, though, because they got their stuff back right after. <laughs> maybe th- maybe that's the deciding factor, because Nigel's like, okay, well, I'm not going to fall for it if it's that green stuff. Oh, but that's an actual guitar case. Okay. <laughs> so it's, it's just funny, this guy doesn't try to just, like, punch them or anything. He's just there to be a bouncer again. It <laughs> just sucks at it. <laughs> Poor guy. He, uh. needs to get, he needs to find a different uh, career path in order to provide for his kids. <laughs> yeah, it would probably be better if he, I don't know, went to maybe a party that had living people that needed a bouncer. <laughs> Well, I mean, there were some living people in the party, to be fair. Just not yeah, anybody in true. the queue. So maybe they've just been in that party for all of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. yeah, in any case, the drawbridge starts to close as Kez is still stuck outside, still being chased by Morpho, who just cannot fully catch up with her because of her compound eyes making everything blurry when she's moving too fast. Which I don't, I guess that's how compound eyes work, but I don't think that's necessarily how it affects butterflies, because butterflies aren't just constantly boxing in the stuff while they fly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had this discussion on the Axe Files a while ago, but compound eyes are basically like our eyes, but better, is the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they give you like a 360 field of vision, it's not... <laughs> that, that's why compound eyes increases accuracy in Pokemon. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. But basically, whatever. Uh, she ends up flying over a pig toddler who once again thinks she's a buttery treat, and he just, like, lunges up underneath her, like, frickin' jaws eat her, so she's also fucking dead. <laughs> so, I guess of all these, only PT makes it out alive, besides Nigel. <laughs> uh, How long, be- though? I mean, hmm. like, PT definitely isn't gonna survive on his own. <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe he could, maybe he can apply for train welfare to help her get out. <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe he'll go to the engine and talk to one and be like, yo, I need a, I need a different train to have a job at. <laughs> I need a different car, please. Can you at least bring cow creamer back? She takes care of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she at least has, like, a kitchen and everything, because Pig Toddler ain't gonna cook. <laughs> she can at least make food for my kids, maybe. <laughs> also, why would you even create me to have this situation where I have to supply, support 14 kids of my own? You created me, you <laughs> asshole. You gave me this duty to do. Now, yeah. did one create the 14 kids, or did one just create Nigel and the 14 kids happen naturally, do you think? Dude, I mean, I was about to say dude, and fuck, and I guess Chuba also said that she had kids, but also, we again, we don't know if those are kids that she actually like gave birth to, or mm-hmm. if they're just made by the train. Because you can, like, the train... The train makes people. We've seen that. Yeah, no, the train absolutely makes people. But if one makes you, and then if one makes a second person and says, okay, that's your dad, that's clearly not your dad, right? One is your dad, but... (laughs) One one is also just a bad parent. One is not supporting any of their kids. (laughs) (laughs) 
you're making all these people and just telling them, okay, you have one purpose on the train here, and it's to uh, struggle to support the 14 kids by being a bouncer who doesn't like to let people in because everybody's fucking dead by the time they get to you. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Oh, and whatever. Uh, any case, uh, Kez barely makes it inside the castle and introduces them to Morgan, who ends up being the castle itself, which calls out saying that Kez shouldn't have returned. So I guess Kez also pissed off Morgan. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Pissing off everybody is maybe finally going to catch up to Kez properly, because all these people who tried to give her some sort of retribution ended up fucking dying immediately. <laughs> I do think that that is a very fun twist, though, because if you remember the Old West car... Kez finds a picture of what she calls herself and Morgan, mm-hmm. and it's her with some old bald guy. Yeah. But they're in front of a castle, so it's like... Yep. You definitely don't see that coming. It's fantastic. I love this subversion Yeah, we here. we don't actually know who that guy is then, which we nope. might learn more, we might not, who can say. <laughs> we have obviously people who have already watched the show entirely can say, but we have not. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just a funny yeah. thing where it's like, oh, it's like he's at the castle. And it's like, well, I guess Kez didn't give a fuck about this guy. She's not saying his name at all in that picture. <laughs> I mean, for uh, all we know, like, he, he, he could have died or gone off the train, I guess. So maybe she's just like, being like, oh, okay, well, that's me and Morgan because it's me and Morgan who are still actually together. Uh, cursed guy. thought. Maybe that's the, the current pig baby. <laughs> Oh, no. Because <laughs> remember, you, they said that yeah, when yeah. the pig baby uh-huh. died, that you'd have to become the new pig baby, so... Yeah, part of the pig, part of the crew. Yep, I remember. <laughs> I remember my other Bioshock joke about the pig lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, maybe maybe uh, that guy is the pig baby, because, and that's why they're so mad at Kes. <laughs> well, that guy definitely did a whole lot of murder this episode, then, <laughs> if it is. <laughs> He, he has uh, four sentient beings uh, killed as part of his consciousness right there. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's the case, but I would find it pretty funny. Um, all right. Uh, do you have any other thoughts about the end of this episode? Because this one's a little weaker to me, but it's yeah, fun, I, at I least. Know, There's I stuff know, happening. Yeah, I noticed that like when I was basically doing my notes, I was like, wow, I really don't have a whole lot of notes for the synopsis here. Because like, aside from that like little bit where Ryan and Mingi are actually talking, it's mostly kind of just a prolonged action sequence in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which it's very strange for this show yeah there's not many cases where that happens like there's like been like obviously like some chase scenes like back in book two with the fucking flex after jesse and lake but like not as much as like just like yeah this is a like a long chase sequence with a lot of people fucking dying (laughs) yeah meanwhile we were like oh we felt real bad when tuba died and meanwhile like all these innocents who gives a fuck (laughs) these people are assholes I mean, to, to be right. fair, some of these people are assholes. Cal Creamer is an asshole. She deserved that because she was trying to literally turn them into the new pig baby after yeah. pig baby died. The other people are kind of just victims of circumstance because they kept messing around with them. <laughs> but they do escalate, in a sense, to trying to also kill Ryan and Mingi. So, you know, at that point, it's kind of self-defense, even though none of them actually do the murder themselves. I especially feel like the Parka people here, I don't know why they're so murderous. I mean, yes, Kez was screwing with their, 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 I don't know, evolutionary system, but yeah. also it's not like they put the button back and she just spun it to slow them down while they fled, right? Mm-hmm. She didn't steal it a second time. They just, when it finished spinning, they could reset it to where they wanted it to be and it would be fine. Like, I understand 
not liking Kaz. I understand maybe even trying to lock her up, but I don't see the escalation to murder there. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was just that, like, um, I mean, I guess for whatever it is, like, we don't know exactly how long the park attendants were stuck in that evolutionary time loop, so, like, maybe they missed their vacation and that really pissed them off because they were trying to just go to the vacation, which is why they had the parkas on to begin with. Okay, yeah, that's fair, but I feel like even if a weird thing happened that made me miss my vacation, I wouldn't try to kill someone. True, true. I mean, it's like, maybe they just happened to meet the the same, like, like people who, like, escalated more, and they kind of just got roped into it, in a sense. Like, you know, maybe they were just, like, in it to, like, team up with Morpho and the others to be like, let's go, let's go teach her a lesson, and then the, other was, the others were like, yeah, but what if we did murder? <laughs> and the Parker guys were just like, well, I guess, I guess we could do murder. <laughs> <sighs> Kez still needs to answer for some stuff, though, at the least. Because, like, pretty much, like, aside from, obviously, their own personal beef with each other, everything that, like, Ryan and Minky have had to deal with on the train has kind of been her fault. Well, yes, that is certainly true. Not not as much the previous car, but it's, like, that was also, like, kind of, again, like, something of an embodiment of their own problems with each other that was just escalating the situation. But yeah, um, that's like I don't think I really have anything else to say about this episode. Nah. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely less going on in this one than the previous one, for sure. So, um, if you ever have questions for us on the show, you can send them to us at usweirdoscast two on Twitter or at usweirdos on cohost or usweirdoscast on gmail dot com at gmail dot com. Well, on <laughs> gmail, huh? Interesting. New platform. Oh, uh, everybody's going to have on addresses. Uh, what What if they actually did fucking change that with all emails, like, on the same level of Twitter, <laughs> trying to change tweet to post? <laughs> like, sorry, now I am now I have to do, remember, it's like, all right, yeah, it's like, uh, my name and everything on gmail.com. <laughs> I get to type on <laughs> instead of at. Oh, that would be a dumb nightmare. Um, yeah. Yes, uh, we don't have any questions this week, so I'm going to dive back into our Freaks takes. Uh, three questions. Uh, hmm. You know, I was going to do a thing where I, like, ask you to do one, two, or three first, just to do the random order, but I guess it doesn't really matter, since you don't know what you're <laughs> picking anyway. I mean, I can Oops. pick a number at random. <laughs> yeah, sure. What you got? Uh, let's see. Hang on a sec. Roll D three. Ah. Roll a D three two. Have you ever had the desire to write your initials in wet cement? I mean, who doesn't really, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, if it's initials, it's like, well, that's a lot harder than track down. And obviously, if I wrote my full name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's. I don't think I would want to do initials, but certainly a little design. It's it's neat. You get to leave a permanent imprint on the world until 20 years later when they jackhammer the sidewalk up. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's not permanent. <laughs> <laughs> not, it's not like me writing uh, trans rights or human rights and then putting the initials VV on, like, one of the bridges that people write their names and stuff like on at Knobles. Because <laughs> I was like, I did that because it was like, well, I'm sure it's probably going to get painted over or scratched out by some asshole anyway. 
Naturally. So, so it's not like I can even tell my mom, like, yeah, next time you get a Knobles in, like, a couple of years, check to see if it's still here. It's like, it's probably not going to be there. <laughs> I never have had the opportunity to do this, but if I, like, I definitely like the idea of a trans rights sidewalk. <laughs> <sighs> like one that just says trans rights in the entire sidewalk, or it's actually, like, the trans colors? No, like, scratching it in before it sets, so. Ah. So then it's just part of the sidewalk. And then they can't jackhammer it up because that's a hate crime. <laughs> 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 um, all right, uh, that that's that one. Do you want one or three? Me showing up to kill those years from now, seeing us crash, and then being like, "Hey, I would like to talk to Cosmo about this because <laughs> this is a hate crime." Bring <laughs> out that chipmunk. <laughs> uh, I guess three. <laughs> three. You've all heard the expression "the clothes make the man," but is it really true? <laughs> mm. I mean, I mostly just think of like how like the uh, fucking like all the politicians in modern day can't dress themselves worth shit, even though they have so much fucking money. But I'm also more in particular thinking of uh, our air quotes esteemed former president always having his like weird centaur lean forward. <laughs> so yes and no, I guess. I think it. Yeah. I think it depends on the person, because like no amount of anything could really help that mess of a person. I think. Well, that's true, but I don't know. If he had clothes that fit him instead of just dressing like a maniac, that would probably at least make him seem more yeah. presentable. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, obviously, like, people have talked about this before, and, like, not the body scene, but, like, he definitely seems like he just is trying to hide his gut in a sense, right? Mm. That's why he leans over, too. Uh, my understanding is that he wears corsets, so. <laughs> uh. <laughs> or maybe not corsets, but, like, uh, spanks that sort of under shaping body wear stuff. You yeah. Know, yeah, the, yeah, the stuff the you use to try to hide again, basically. But I'm not really super even sure why he's our object of discussion. Like, I guess I'm mostly thinking in terms of like how like people of his ilk think that they're all nicely dressed in me. Well, it's like, you look at any of them, they look like they've been fucking Xeroxed off of each other, but they're all just the fucking same person. <laughs> well, yeah, like, that's because the only acceptable clothes for a fancy professional man to wear is a suit, and it's boring, and I hate it. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking dull. The French were right. Why did we let the English win on this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I've actually talked to people about, is just being like, yeah, it's like, I don't mean to also, like, throw shade, but, like, asking and clothing are kind of fucking dull, because you don't get any fun options. <laughs> yep, no fun options, no like colors. I was, I, I was talking about this with my friend JP as we played Fortnite some weeks ago, and I was like, yeah, you don't get anything like fucking skirts or blouses and anything. You don't get the fun shit. You don't get to wear dresses, because of stupid social construct. He's like, yeah, like, it kind of just buttons up and slacks, huh? I mean, the best option you have when a, when you have a suit made is, like, you get to decide if you want one breast pocket or two. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like this in dark blue or black? Dark blue or dark gray, and if you're feeling particularly dangerous, you might get pinstripes. Oh, I thought you were going to go with beige because of, like, how everybody was, like, making a big deal about Obama wearing the tan suit. <laughs> uh, I wish we could go back to that stage of politics where that was the biggest fucking, uh, like, you know, stupid bullshit thing of the day. Where it's like, that was the biggest fucking thing in the news of, like, Obama wore a tan suit. And it's like, man, let him wear a fucking tan suit. Uh, no, you know, I think I actually prefer the way it is now. And that might be a truly preposterous take, but to my mind, like, 
back in the day when it was just tan suit, yeah, that was bad, but it was completely papering over the hundreds of thousands yeah, and slash thousands of people being killed by drone strikes. It was completely papering over his inhumanity towards immigrants. Yeah, like, I guess like at least these days it's more on the open of like, here's how fucked the, the government is entirely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I'll admit, it's not fun. I'm not going to pretend it's great. But at the very least, the public can see the terrible things that are happening now. That yeah, wasn't we're, we're, really a thing back then. We're, we're seeing how the war crime sausage is made. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I just, I feel like... As ever, transparency in government is what gets us to a better place. And even if that transparency comes from a evil place, it's you know people generally don't like it when you're evil. Is the thing, mm -hmm. yeah. So, so to answer the question, uh, yes, the clothes do make the man. Um, <laughs> our final take for today. I'm not going to ask you because we've only got one left. Did you ever have a job as a waiter? No, thankfully enough. <laughs> yeah, okay. I always I always thought that if I had that, I would definitely drop one of those giant plates so just like, all the food platters and stuff. Like, you always see, like, the waiter who can, like, manage that where it's like, you have, like, a dozen plates on here or, like, a dozen, like, drinks or whatever. Like, I always thought <laughs> I would drop that stuff and, like, give it all smashed and then I definitely would be fucking fired immediately kind of deal. Makes sense. Yeah, no, managed <sighs> to avoid that. Um... I'd never served as a waiter exactly, but I did have a food service job for a couple of years there. So I worked at a Cold Stone Creamery, mm -hmm. and in that position, you're basically like waiting and chefing at the same time because. Yeah. So. I guess, I guess if we're kind of I guess if we're I guess if we're going to include that. I did work concessions at a movie theater back when I was in college, and that was the worst. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again. Uh, I don't know if that movie, if it's that movie there in particular, or every one of them. Hey, the butter's not butter. It's canola oil. <laughs> Gross. Uh. Also, like, again, it's like, it felt bad having to always try to upsell people, being like, well, well you want the larger size? It's only like another 75 cents, and it's like, you're already paying like 475 for a small Jesus fucking Christ, these prices are goddamn insane. <laughs> <laughs> and like, oh, it's so like, oh, it's like, you always have the mystery shopper thing, so you always have to be making sure to pitch the item of the week, of like, would you like Skittles with that? And it's like, it always made, made me feel like I was like, somebody's gonna punch me in the face if I'm trying to do this shit all the time. <laughs> Fortunately, yeah. nothing of that happened, but it's like, you always got the assholes where it's like, my guy, you're, you have brought your kid and all his friends here for his birthday party to go see a movie? I don't remember what movie it was. This was like back in, uh, 2009, I think? Yeah, cause that was the year that 9 released on 999. And also <laughs> an up release. Like, I started literally like a week or two before up, which is a fucking nightmare to like be thrown directly into the fucking shark's tank right there. Ouch. With a Pixar movie. But it's like, it was like, some kid movie. It might, I, it might have been the Toy Story one and two, like two, uh, three D re-release because that was like the summer before Toy Story three was releasing. <laughs> it might have been for that, and it's like he had like literally something like fourteen or sixteen kids, and when he went to go get like the little like kid box of concessions for each of them, he was like kind of throwing a fucking hissy fit that he was like paying like something like on the order of like two hundred plus dollars on concessions, and it's like. You brought so many kids with you to go see a movie as a birthday party. Of course you're going to be paying like 500 fucking dollars total between tickets and food. 
That's on you. Don't bring kids to a movie theater for a party. <laughs> go somewhere else. Uh, I guess, like, I was about to say, like, go to, like, something like Sports Plus or whatever. And I guess uh, Sports Plus is only, like, a Long Island thing. To be fair, I was on Long Island. Sports Plus was still a thing back then. But it's like, you know, stuff like Discovery Zone still existed then. Take kids to, like, Discovery Zone or something. <laughs> don't go to the movies. That's ter- Like, it's like, again, like, people say don't go to, like, the movies on, like, a first date. Because it's like, yeah, you can't talk to the person, obviously. You can drive <laughs> everybody else around you insane and want to punch you anyway. And it's like, yeah, no, working concessions in the movie theater is the worst. <laughs> Especially since I worked with a bunch of teenagers. One of which was actually one of my mom's students who was in high school. And, like, she was the only one who was willing to actually, like, go to the bathroom and be like, how come five's the only one who actually, like, properly cleans at night? Because everybody else would basically go run and hide in the, like, the refrigerated area rather than actually clean. And yeah. like, yeah, well, nah, you know, suck shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, my experience was pretty different because I was at a Cold Stone and not a movie theater, but, like, yeah. it's, it was my first job, more or less. Uh... I was a bad employee. I got fired, and I don't oh, blame wait, my boss was, for firing was, me. But was this the job when you tried to make the napalm? Uh, <laughs> mm, I have never attempted to make napalm. Is what I will say. Okay, so was this the job where you tried to make some sort of explosive device while on the job, right? I have never attempted to make an explosive device either. <laughs> I have attempted to make an incendiary device, but that's not the same okay, thing. But, okay, but that was at that job, right? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Anyway, I got fired, not because of that. <laughs> Surprisingly fired for something else rather than trying to make something that could set on fire. <laughs> uh, well, see, the thing is, is that I bought, when I started working there, it was owned by the corporate, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't have a specific franchise owner, but then a guy bought the franchise, and he was both bad and an evil boss, and broke, like, a lot of laws. Yeah, and fun. so I just kind of went wild with my uh, casual rebellion, and... <laughs> Like, I just started applying the military discount to everyone who came in, regardless. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely grounds for probably getting fired if you're just giving away discounts all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure, because we were allowed to take sodas from the cooler, right? That was mm-hmm. one of the perks of the job. And I'm pretty sure I drank so many of those things. I was getting paid more in soda than I was in money, so... <laughs> oh, that's depressing. <sighs> yeah, I I understand why he wouldn't want to keep me on board. Yeah, yeah, that was also like one of the like the air quotes appeals of the concession job because like not only did I get like some free movie tickets, but they're also like you can also have all the free stuff and popcorn you want. It's like I know how long this popcorn sits here at a time, and I know the butter air quotes that you use. I I'm not interested in that. No thanks. <laughs> Listen, you cannot give me an unlimited access to soda. You can't like you'll. Go oh, bankrupt. I got I got free soda too. It's just that it was also like I don't know. I didn't like having to see like the big bags of like the syrup and stuff. So it's like uh, that was also like a little bit of the like seeing the behind the scenes like how these soda fans work. I'm like, hey, it would have been better off not knowing this. <laughs> I mean, give me the schlier up. I'll drink it pure. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) No thanks. 100% pure uncut schlier up. (laughs) 
Yeah, we'll go, we'll go back in time, uh, to like, uh, 14 years ago. You can move to Long Island and then you can ask me for the free <laughs> syrup. <laughs> hmm. 14 years ago. That's, uh, that wouldn't be great for me. In fact, 14 years ago is when I was working at this ice cream parlor, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a weird coincidence that we were both, like, 19 when we were dealing with weird confession jobs, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that wasn't my first job. I definitely uh, I worked at uh, the water parks, the Splash, uh, <laughs> on Long Island, like at some points before that too. Like basically working on like yeah. the locker retail uh, rental, which that was also a nightmare because it's like uh, one time when we got some asshole who was like my like little kid, my like five year old kid lost the key to the locker. I need to get back in there to get my stuff, and it's like. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, you saw the policy we have that if you lose the key, you don't get the money back for returning the key, right? <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, my guy, it's policy, and now it's like, if you want to actually store the stuff, you need to actually get another locker. You can go and open it, because we have a master key, so you don't have to pay to get your stuff out, but if you want to store it again, you're going to have to pay for another one, and this guy was throwing his fit. We had to talk him out of the park, basically, because he was trying, he was like, basically all, being all threatening. Yay. And it's like, you know, don't leave something important as, like, the key to get to your personal possessions with a five-year-old. <laughs> you know, I don't mean to generalize against five-year-olds, but typically speaking, five-year-olds are not responsible. <laughs> no. You are a grown-ass man. Keep it yourself. <laughs> no. <laughs> Slash also bad. I don't... I think Slash might still be infamous, but I also can't imagine... I guess it would only be that because it's, like, the only, like, water parks on Long Island. Yeah. Uh, I also had a job earlier than that, but it's hard for me to consider it a job, so I didn't really... That's I don't know. Yeah, I no, worked for a summer at uh, Camp Slippery Falls in Oklahoma uh, at a Boy Scout camp. and You know, it's fine, but it's also like... Oh, is that the one where you mentioned about your eye issue? Yep, that's where that yeah. happened. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. Yeah, so Slash is still in business, I guess I'll add. <laughs> Again, probably just because it's the only water park for access for, like, New York City and Long Island as a whole. At least last yeah. time I still lived on Long Island. Uh, eh. The last time I still lived on Long Island. I don't, that was a tongue twister to me for some reason because I guess there were three L words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just working at a summer camp is weird because it's like, yeah, it's technically a job, but especially when you're a 16-year-old, it's like basically camping and less job, so... Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> Holy crap. Just, uh, I'm looking at their, like, prices nowadays. Uh, they have a sale at the moment, but their general admission is usually 75 fucking dollars a person. Hey! What, what the fuck, Splash Splash? It used to be, like, 20 back when I worked there. <laughs> uh, I guess maybe it's just, again, like, prices increasing and, like, not wages, but it's, like, it's probably also an issue of, like, they need to kind of make all their money during the season when it's actually open, which is, like, May through September <laughs> or so. It's not open for very long. I have just learned that the summer camp that I worked at is no longer called that because some rich person bought it, so... Right. Rad. Yes, yeah, so this place closes, uh, the last day they're open is actually only on September 4th? What the hell? How do you only open... I guess that's... Is that Labor Day? Is that... Yeah, I mean, it's a water park. You can't keep it open. 
I mean, yeah, but, like, you would think that they would still have it open at least for, like, a few weeks into September rather than just the last day being on Labor Day. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're only open July, August, and September. What? You weren't even open in June? What the fuck? Especially with shit being as bad as it has been with the heat recently. I don't know, this is weird. <laughs> I, don't, I don't... Again, I've not been to Splash Splash since I've worked there, and it sucks. <laughs> Essentially not been there as a result, because also I've not lived there in ages, but it's like, what the fuck, it's like gone so bad. Tickets are like triple the fucking price just over the course of like 14 years. <laughs> oh wait, no, that was, uh, that was before, so 15 years, because that was like 18, because that was like, yeah, that was the summer before I started college and I worked there. Yeah, um, well, yeah. I think that'll cover our questions for Freaks <laughs> Takes Nicely, so, um. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the place that I loved and spent a whole summer living at as a child is no more. By which I mean it's still there, but a rich person renamed it. So, yeah. alas, this was mm -hmm. a terrible thing. <laughs> yep. I'm sad that we asked this question now. <laughs> <laughs> Making us relive our fucking childhood trauma working at concession stands. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we only have a little bit of trivia. I, I left off Morgan's voice actor for this week just because we'll get to them next time. Just because, like, mm -hmm. they technically had a voice line, but, like, only, like, one sentence. So it's like, yeah, we'll get to it when, like, when, uh, Morgan actually explains stuff and, like, has more to say rather than just now. Yeah. But yeah. But other than that, we just have mostly just, like, little bits because, obviously, no new characters and Morgan excluded. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, Ridge Irvin, or Irvine, the artist behind Lion Tamer, uh, it's a double reference to di their digital production assistant, Ridge Hirano, and also to professional, professional wrestler Chris Jericho, whose last name is Irvin, or Irvine. Uh, huh. Alright, yeah, they, they sure. just combined, they just combined the both to just make up some fake musician. Which is I weird, guess. because they, they mentioned real life musicians back in the party car. But they made up one entirely for this. <laughs> I guess because like Ryan's huh. playing part a part of the Lion Tamer song, and they didn't want to have to like pay for rights to an actual song. I guess. Remember when Tulip sang that actual real life song? Yeah. Also. Yeah. 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 Now you just yeah you remind me now. It's like well, what's also up there? <laughs> hmm. Maybe they maybe they uh, spent a little bit too much of the budget back then, so they're like we can't do that again. We can't license another song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. The art rooms that Ryan and Mingi are in reflect their characters in a sense, with Min's having like uh, bits of art from like futurism, Fauvism, I think is how you pronounce that, and Gothic paintings, compared to Ryan's having Supermatism, super Supermatism, I don't even know about that, uh, Expressionism, and Daystagil paintings, I think that's Daystagil, uh, plus abstract clay and ceramic art. So they basically like just signed it in a little bit of like, yeah, this these are reflective of their personalities. They just happen to go to those <laughs> rooms in particular. <laughs> uh and then basically the big thing I have for the most of this is that everything concerning the docent is fucked. <laughs> Not that I need to basically say that, but I'm confirming that. Uh there's a lot on this design. Because like Alex Harab originally envisioned it as being a creature of like a cloak made of the passenger's arms before it eventually kinda just grew into the creature that it is nowadays. You know what? I think that would be worse. Yeah, yes. maybe. You know what? I think that would be worse. I'm glad that they didn't go for that. 
<laughs> it's, still, it's still it's still terrible as it is because <laughs> it's amazing the other thing. It is. Uh, yeah. uh, Owen Dennis himself has admitted he does not understand what the fuck is up with the docent. This <laughs> is fun. It's like you can make up whatever you want, and even he's like, eh, I don't, I'm not, I'm not gonna try to understand this thing. This is this is weird. This is beyond me. Uh, he suggested that one gave it some hands to start with, or that it was a shadow that eventually acquired hands from passengers and basically just built itself as is. Uh, early concept art of it from Megan Fonisavan, Fonisavan? I, I think that's how you say their name, uh, was that it was like a humanoid form with a hand face and wearing a suit. Like, the face is like literally just a big hand made of smaller hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more stuff with it is its design also might come from uh, the shaft of helping hands from the 1986 film Labyrinth and other people have likened it to a gem monster from the Steven Universe episode Keeping It Together which is also made up of different body parts that was a, mm. that was a horrifying episode Paradox was kind of like for doing that <laughs> uh, the dose, I was mentioned also earlier the docent is apparently the only denizen whose entire purpose seems to kill or main passengers which it has done a lot of <laughs> Yep. Yeah, bad time. It's fucked. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The only other thing I have is that uh, at one point we skipped over in the dialogue, but Morpho kind of casually mentions the Bugs Fargo wagon, which is her making a reference to the Wells Fargo wagon, which was a symbol of Wells Fargo in the 1800s. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's from the Old West <laughs> car. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all I really have, though. Like... Yeah. You mentioned the labyrinth thing, and if I'm honest, I don't really see that inspiration in the final design of the thing, right? It doesn't seem to have come through. However, in the concept art, it is very clear. Like, the face on this concept art guy is extremely yeah. labyrinth. So. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's the one of him in the suit, yeah, that I mentioned was yeah. another uh, concept art that they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. much closer to the, the helping hands idea, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Horrifying regardless. All bad. But yeah, again, what is this guy's deal? We will never know. <laughs> nope. What 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 the fuck was going on in your mind that day one one or one at this point? <laughs> it's too bad we will never get season six, which is all about this guy. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, in the time skip between uh like like thirty years in the future, this uh this hand monster has had a has had a change of heart and is like the denizen companion. For the, for the passenger. <laughs> uh. yeah, that's that's all the trivia I have for these. Like again, not as much trivia in the second one, just because of the fact that like it was mostly just a chase sequence in a sense. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll we'll deal with whatever amount of trivia there is and Morgan's voice actor next time around. Sounds good. Um, in that case if you have enjoyed this um kind of wilds from every direction episode <laughs> uh you can find me on twitter for the moment at patch underscore jacket uh, on co-host at nobody and i've been really vibing with co-host a lot more ever since i figured out how to add it as an app because it's i'm so bad at remembering to go yeah, to websites it's, it's, it's a little bit of a weird uh roundabout way to do it but it's it's yeah it's not the hardest to get done people are usually like greek Retoasting that at times to let people know how you do that. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like a weird oversight that there's no official lap, but I figured that's just only a matter of time because like co-host has definitely seen a lot more attention recently 
over the last couple of months or so. You know, yeah, I can't imagine I wonder, why that would yeah, be. Yeah, I wonder why. Huh. Weird coincidence <laughs> why that is, why co-host is having, like, uh, co-host has had at least, like, some minor outages, I think, because they're like, we've had so many people signing up recently. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> our servers can't take it at this point, but, like, yeah, yeah. you know, makes sense. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot better than, uh, well, I guess not Twitter, technically, at this point, but nobody calls it X. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, like, that's the um, that's the one fun thing about all the news reporting on this bullshit is that everybody still just calling it Twitter in terms of yeah, like well. news outlets because <laughs> nobody nobody knows what X is. Yeah, uh, and yeah. Uh, of course the other place you can find me is uh, all on the table, which is a series of streaming games, uh, actual play games, all by and for trans folks. I'm on two of the regular games and one of the recorded games. Uh, Vigilantes Union Local 13 has the first season available in its entirety on YouTube now, which is weird to say because this episode is going up pretty far in the future, and by this point, episode season two has probably started. Um, <laughs> uh, I've yeah, I, I do the two weekly games, and then I've also done some one shots lately. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, I did a one shot that uh, had some of the folks from the Audio Entry Discord on it, and that's going to be at youtube.com slash thetransverse. And I'm still just over at the underscore of the Vivian on Twitter, <laughs> because I'm doing this like all the other thing, as long as it continues to be a thing, and <laughs> just other Vivian on co-host, which I kind of don't necessarily post as much on either <laughs> these days, really. It's mostly just retweeting stuff, or retoasting. <laughs> yeah. Turns out most people on co-hosts are just uh, posting egg bugs and stuff like that, and it's like occasionally you just gotta read just an egg bug. <laughs> egg bugs are good. Egg bug is good. I like I liked the one fan art I saw that somebody was like the anatomy of an egg bug, where it's just as a smaller egg bug inside piling it like a mech. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't I don't do anything else really uh, in terms of like streaming stuff though. <laughs> Fair enough. Sometimes I think I do too many things. <laughs> yeah, like again, like when you joked about the Lord of the Rings podcast, and it's like, yeah, no, we can't do a third one. <laughs> I would love to do a third one, but I would need someone else to start editing stuff. I can't handle. Yeah, yeah, that that's still a thing that I feel like I should probably actually learn at some point. Like maybe you could teach me at some points. This way, I can actually help with that because I feel bad that I just don't know how. Yeah. If you want, sure. We can set up a time, but probably not discuss that on the show itself. So Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> for the moment, I think there's not much left for us to say, but remember, weirdos have, have to, to stick together. together. Thank you. Bye. Bye.